Welcome back, everybody, to the For Film's Sake podcast. I'm Brian Archija, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And... Devin Penninger. And... Camille Dalkey. Camille Dalkey. And today we are getting on the... Uh, fucked it up twice in a row. Have we done this before? Fucked it up twice in a row. This is the first time doing this event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, today we're going to be talking about the, their film. They're making a documentary on uh, sexual assault uh, yes. survivors and everything that comes and tell with that. And they're doing a great job at it. And uh, we're going to talk about their film today in the in the 30 minutes where we usually talk about the topic. Mm-hmm. Before we do any of that, though, I do want to warn anyone uh, that doesn't want to hear about the topic or has any particular associations that cause uh, a PTSD trigger or anything of that sort, that we are going to be talking about sexual assault throughout the topic. And if you have any sort of uh, negative triggers associated with that, I suggest you turn off the episode. Thank you for listening, though. Uh, but now that that's warning out of the way, uh, let's do the catch-up. Is it static again? We got to deal with it, I guess. I mean, Is it? What's happening? It's the same thing. Same thing? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's weird. Yeah. We'll deal with it. All we'll right. figure it out. Uh, today's episode might be a little staticky. I think one of our mics is uh, fucking up. Yeah, it seems that way. Uh, but we'll deal with it, and then I'll restart the thing and see if it works again. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They have noise reduction apps, though. So yeah. 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 Yeah, we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm here. we're here with Devin and Camille, and uh, they're pretty cool. I met them about... When the hell, I'm, like, I met you at a UNCC chat, uh, like, eight months ago, eight or nine months ago. I made no eye contact with anyone, so I don't Yeah, I don't blame you. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know that you're a writer as well. Yeah. You, uh, so what do you do? You're a filmmaker, writer? Um, yeah, I mean, I've only made, like, one short film, so this is my first feature. It's my first, like, what I consider real attempt at being okay. a filmmaker. Um, cool. I kind of just consider myself a writer more than anything. Because it all started with the essay, and it just all starts with writing. And even movie editing, to me, in my mind, is still writing, because you're moving pieces around. Mm-hmm. And you're constructing a story out of that, and you're moving footage of people's story, them telling you their story. You're moving that stuff around. So to yeah. me, that's still a form of writing. That makes sense. Uh, and we'll go back to the essay in about a second. What about you, Camille? Um, so I'm Devin's editor, actually. So okay. that's how we... like we got connected up because he released a book on Amazon and I was like, this could be so much better if you had somebody read it <laughs> before nice. you released it. Yeah. So, um, she was I, right. It's not on Amazon right now. Yeah. He it. took it off cause it was, it, it wasn't bad. It just yeah. wasn't good. It needed some polish. It needed a lot of polish mm-hmm. and I'm the polisher. So, nice. um, I'm, I'm helping Devin make the documentary now. All right. Awesome. Uh, how did you two meet? Twitter. Twitter? Yeah. That's interesting. Twitter, Twitter's nice. We're yeah. meeting some new friends on Twitter currently. Oh, yeah. It's really yeah. nice. Twitter's it's, fucking fantastic. It's, for it's awesome. I love Twitter. I was actually telling a friend, though, the other day, he's he's one of those, like, joke Twitter people. He's got, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 4,000 followers or something, oh, and he's, like, a, a big deal or whatever. <laughs> but I told him, I was like, you got to stop meeting women on Twitter because mm. they're all psychos. True. They're all weird. I agree. Myself included. Yes. <laughs> Like yeah. I'm, I met Devin at like a coffee shop in Noda because we had been talking on Twitter. So solid, that's cool. And her life has just gone downhill ever since. Yeah, <laughs> steep, steep decline. What did you guys do for Thanksgiving this year? Either one. Yeah. Uh, mine was. Nothing. I mean, there's nothing that nothing. interesting to tell. I went to my parents' house. Oh, I went to my friend Derek's house. He was a comedian. I used to do stand up for a little while. He. Uh, I booked shows with him, comedy mm-hmm. shows. And nice. It wasn't that nice. We were stressed out constantly and oh, just wow. lashing out at everyone around us. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while, and uh, we caught up. So 
I had two Thanksgiving dinners, one at his house and then one up at my parents' house. Nice. And, and then I fell asleep really early and woke up with their dog, Igby, licking me. And that was, that was my Thanksgiving. Those are great. What was the Thanksgiving food that you were most looking forward to? that you got macaroni i mean it's not yeah, even it's thanksgiving fucking... related it's just exactly. i love macaroni so we exactly. don't we don't do mac and cheese in my family at all for thanksgiving uh, ever wait, that's wh- not a thanksgiving why? thing because we're white oh well there you go all right. <laughs> so <laughs> so my boyfriend my boyfriend went to get like a plate from his family and he's yeah. like i got you some mac and cheese and i'm like up. yes <laughs> yes mac and cheese either yeah it's not a thing it's my favorite food yes it is yeah see we're from california so like Santa Cruz. Okay. I lived out in um, Vallejo for about six years. Okay. So, like, my parents are kind of, like, hippy-dippy. Like, mac and cheese isn't healthy, so, you know. (laughs) Understandable. But I think other than that, it's a cranberry sauce. out Straight out of Mm. a can with the... Yeah. It has, like, the ridges of the can. Yes. I never never had that. That's my jam. It's it's nice. It's amazing. It's the best. It looks so weird on a fucking plate. Just 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 get over it. Some dude goes, like... There you go. Power through, <laughs> eat it. It's amazing. Do, do any of you, either, do either one of you watch television in your free time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you watch? Everything. Everything? Everything. I've been Let's watching uh, Westworld West, lately. Oh, shit. Hold on. Stop it right there. Been on Westworld Stop it right there. Let's hear about some Westworld. What do you think about Westworld? <laughs> okay. Hold on. Who's your favorite character so far? Okay. Um, favorite character. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like what's his face from It's Always Sunny. Oh, yeah, the uh, white hat. Him. I call him white hat. I love him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. White hat. Which one? I haven't seen Westworld. Who from Always Sunny is in it? Uh, one of the McBoyles. Mm. Jimmy Simpson? Is it that I don't actor? remember. Yeah, it's just one of the I McBoyles. I don't know his name. Yeah. But he's he's my favorite because okay. he's so freaking talented. Yeah, like, he is. He, he's done so many things that yeah. nobody knows about. Yeah. He's he's incredible. Yeah. Um, I I also liked the black dude. What's his name? Oh yeah, I don't I don't know his name on there, but he's the guy that just found out that he's a host. Yes. Spoiler alert. Watch the fucking show, guys. So at the beginning, <laughs> like like we got me and my weeks. boyfriend got like one episode in and I'm like, what somebody's a host. Yep. I don't know who it is yep. yet, but one of them is a host. Okay. Because I watched Dollhouse yep. and I know I, Dollhouse. I know Sweden. Yes. I fuck with you already. I I, yes. <laughs> yes. I, I I as someone that hasn't watched Westworld, mm-hmm. what the fuck is a host? <laughs> uh the host is just um basically a computer generated uh human being that's not real. Okay, uh, okay. Did you watch yeah. Dollhouse? I did. I watched I didn't So a host is a doll yeah. oh okay there you go yeah all right that makes sense yeah. was, yeah, no there was a couple sense. moments in dollhouse and i was like oh fuck oh yeah, yeah so great. okay so when my boyfriend started showing me dollhouse he mm-hmm. was like he was like you have to watch this we're gonna watch this and like he forced me into it i didn't want to watch it so every single time that there was a twist he'd look at me and go twist <laughs> and it's like so every other episode there's a twist you yeah. like twist, twist. <laughs> that's fucking great i love that show it's like they say it so um so pan dead face i try so hard to be my best i try hard to it's be my creepy, best dude. it's so weird so it good. is so creepy so, so good yeah. i like the the main character the main fbi agent who talks like he has asthma for the last 40 years <laughs> oh. I'm <looking> for the <laughs> just like the redhead guy uh, I think he's redhead. Yeah, he's the white FBI agent that's like fucking everybody's day up all the hmm. time. Okay. I, he was in Supernatural too. He was in a couple of other type of shows. Yeah. He just talks really breathy. Nice. Yeah. Like, I'm looking for a dollhouse. <laughs> it's just like, dude, did you smoke for 40 years? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is <laughs> On the show uh, Gotham, the guy that, the, uh, fuck, I can't remember the actor's name. The main mm-hmm. guy though, Jim Gordon, Gotham. the guy who mm-hmm. plays Jim Gordon though. He talks like that. Like he's <laughs> not even playing Batman. <laughs> he and he's like talking and yelling like he's, Batman. Yeah. 
It was the it's, only thing I liked about the new Batman that I can understand. What, Jim, Jim Gordon? <laughs> no, 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 I, I haven't it's, watched Gotham yet. I mean, it's all right. I like it. But it, to me, it's just funny that, like, that guy's not even playing Batman. He's talking like him constantly. <laughs> like, he, he just smoked, like, three packs, and then yeah. he's yeah. doing his dialogue. But it, he's my favorite actor in the show, though, but it's just odd. It's like no one realizes he's talking like Batman. What, what else have you been watching? I'm trying to take advantage of this, because, like, Ron is not, like, big on TV. He's all into movies, but not TV. Yeah. And okay. you guys, guy. I got to okay, get into so, it. Okay, um, so I've been watching American Housewife. American Solid. Housewife. I've heard of that. Solid. Okay. Um, did you ever watch Eastbound and Down? I watch every episode. Okay, so the so the girlfriend in the first season, yep. she's kind of thick, yep. she's real southern. Mm-hmm. She's an American housewife. Oh shit. Fantastic. Okay. Um, the Good Place. Haven't heard of that either. Okay, Kristen Bell goes mm-hmm. to the Good Place, which is like heaven. Okay. But she's not supposed to be there because she was a terrible fucking person. Oh shit. All right. So she's like trying to stay in heaven. I like Kristen Bell. I'll, I'll Fantastic. I liked her in Party Down. Um, what else? Party I watched. Down. She was in Party Down. Yeah, second season. Holy shit, I don't remember her in that. I watched Those were two seasons, I think. Yeah. That was really good. I watched everything. Walking Dead? I don't watch Walking Dead. Well, That's the one thing. You shut up. That's the one thing. Zombies <laughs> give me panic attacks, <laughs> so I can't. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've been watching The Walking Dead out of spite, because mm. he's been watching it for like the seven years that it's been on goddamn telly. Yeah. And I've hated it. I hated it after the first season. And you I have to stop like watching it. You have to not watch it anymore. Uh, no, no I, I don't watch it like consecutively. I watch yeah. it like whenever I want to be angry at something. Okay. I, I watch it, because I hate everybody, mm. except Rick and Daryl, okay. and maybe Coral. I mm. gave it a chance. I get... I gave up way quicker than most people. Like I didn't finish season one. I oh, liked wow. the pilot. I thought the pilot was pilot brilliant. Was brilliant. It mm. felt like its own movie. Yeah. Yes. And then second episode did not match the tone of the pilot. Mm. Not at all. And they introduced all these characters, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck about him. I just like the main guy <laughs> in the pilot, the uh, sheriff. Okay. Oh, Rick. Yeah. Rick, yeah. Rick, yeah. Rick. Rick. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I saw it like not long after it aired. I mean, it's been years. So. Yeah. Mm. And I was just like, I don't get the appeal. I don't get it either. I, 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 I'm, I've been trudging through season two. Yeah. And every time that it's not on Rick or, or Carl or, or Daryl, Daryl, I'm like, I just, like, when do these, when when does he die? Yeah. Like, I want to see him dead. Carl or Rick or Daryl? No, no, no whenever it's them? not on them. Whenever okay. it's on any other character, I want to be like, when does he die? Yeah. I want to see him die. Especially yeah. the children. They are not the future. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the kids die on the show. The kids definitely do die. They do. They fuck up Sophia really bad. <laughs> it's, it's good shit. Shameless is my show right now. That's oh, the one I'm bro, let's go. Yeah. Let's, this, Shameless is a show that I keep saying that I don't have time to watch all of the shows. Yeah. I found time. And I have watched every episode. That's... Now I'm caught up on this season. All right. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, if we gotten past the part to where Frank has boarded up the uh, the walls or whatever. He's gotten to the house. They kicked him out of the house. This past episode... Um, we're dealing with um, what's the Russian wife uh, that with Kevin? Kevin, the black girl, the Russian Svetlana. wife. Svetlana. Svetlana. Svetlana has now moved in. A lady that's um, like an aunt or a relative or something like that to yeah. pay rent inside She's of the house. She's just chugging vodka whenever they show. Yeah, yeah, and, and Kevin and Kevin is realizing that he has to have bigger balls in order to deal with this alpha type personality in Svetlana. Yeah, he starts yelling at V Toner, you know. No, we're helping. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, get your shit together yeah. now. And she's yeah. like, "Oh shit, all right." <laughs> Amy Rossum had a great scene about her, yeah. her delusional, like just well, not delusional, but delirious. That's the word I meant. Yeah, like, yeah. laughter breakdown. Yeah, the, oh. that yeah. breakdown scene was great acting. Yeah, um, yeah, it, I just I love that show. Uh, it's the show where, like, I, I got into it last season. Yeah, and then but it, I have Amazon Prime, so the night that it airs on Showtime, I get it on Prime, and it, it's the one show, the only show right now where I watch it the night it airs. Yeah, nice. yeah. You know, I'm really worried about Lip. 
really worried about Lip. He's already fucked in the head. I, I think he's. I think he's gonna become his dad <laughs> if we get to see it go any further. I mean, it's because he's like a really bright person who's just been beaten down he, by the world. He did act very entitled act. to Hut. He, he, he does feel very entitled. So uh, yeah. the whole thing is like with with mental health and and substance abuse. It runs in the family. Yeah. So we already found that Ian has bipolar a yeah. couple seasons back, yeah. and he's struggling with this whole thing. And yeah. like, is he gonna be Monica, his like his mom, or is he gonna actually like? take his meds like he should yeah. we're seeing the same thing with ian it's he has to make that choice between following in frank's footsteps yeah. or becoming his own person yeah it's yeah. so it's interesting it the the substance abuse and mental health thing really like it's gets to me yeah. because i'm i've struggled in my own family with that shit yeah. so yeah it makes me cry sometimes i think really i want to watch the show it's fantastic it's i mean it's, it's, it's a lot really of good it's the thing I think we're not mentioning, though, is the humor in it. Like, it is, oh, like she God, said, yeah. it, it can be grim. It's <laughs> yeah. very realistic, yeah. the way it portrays addiction and mental health. Mm-hmm. But the humor is very – it arises out of the situations, not punchlines. And William no. H. Macy, come on. Oh, yes, great. William H. Macy. Oh, that's right. He's that's, in that. He's yes. Yeah. I was what I love about it, because you're showing a different side of what, like, white culture can be. It's not like Friends, to where everybody's rich and living in Central Park. Yeah. You know, it's just a completely different side of culture, and I love that. It sounds messed up, but, like, these are white people I can relate to. No, yeah. Yeah, same here. Same here. I grew up in, yeah. in the ghetto. Kind of, I mean, we yes. they didn't deliver pizza after dark to my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like, I I understand the, the whole poor <laughs> yes. thing. Yes. Like, I grew up more in a country area. Yeah, same. But there's still that same type mentality. Mm. City, country, wherever you're at. Yeah. There are, there's those pockets of, you know, communities yeah. where it's just some people stay there their whole lives. They become alcoholics, you know, and they just, yeah, yeah it just looks like it keeps repeating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God damn. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to watch this show. I mean, the first it's like five seven seasons. seasons are on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. So you can get caught up first real five. quick. Fuck me, how many are there? Seven. They're in their they're seven right now. Seventh yeah. is, they're yeah. like eight episodes or nine episodes into the seventh. And if you have okay. Amazon Prime, they're paying me to say this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have that, then every, every season is on there. So. Nice. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, you and I, I want to talk to you because I just watched Moonlight. Oh fuck yeah! Uh, the, the, uh, yesterday, actually, arguably the best movie I've seen since Birdman. And Camille knows how much I love Whoa. Birdman. Whoa! Yeah. So he's, all right. If he's a he's a fucking Birdman. Would I like it though? Fan. You would. You would. It'd make you cry, but you would like it. You that's would, a high endorsement. That's the thing. That's a weird I'll thing say about this movie. Spoiler, but it has a good ending. I mean, it's just yeah. you would like it. It's, Okay. What have it's, you uh, What have you seen this year to make you put Moonlight ahead of the other things? Well, like The Revenant was that technically a last year film? That was 2015. Yeah. But it came out like right at the border like December, of Christmas. Yeah. And mm. Saw that. Um, I mean, honestly, I haven't had a whole lot of time for movies in the theater because yeah. you know of what we've been doing, and mm-hmm. then TV's gotten so good that half the time I don't want to pay to go see a movie. Best um, year for yeah. Yeah, but Demolition is my second favorite film of the year. Jonathan talked about that. Jake, Jake, that's Jake Gyllenhaal's on yeah. a roll like fucking Nightcrawler and just all of these films he's been doing. Nightcrawler was but the shit. But Demolition is my favorite Jake Gyllenhaal. I was the poster that fell earlier. Well, oh, we yeah. fucked up the recording. Yeah. Anime. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. He's great. But Demolition is my favorite film that he's in, which is saying a lot because I love Nightcrawler. But Demolition's more of a feel-good film than Nightcrawler. Okay. Nightcrawler's not feel Yeah, Nightcrawler's just a bummer. It's not <laughs> feel-good That's another one that stuck with me for yeah. a couple days. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, God, I feel gross, like, yeah. for a week. But I got so into yeah. the acting of that one. But you would like Demolition. You would like that one. Uh, and there's, like, no reason I would not recommend that to anyone. Like, okay. I just think... It's a good movie in general. Like yeah, yeah I, I loved it. and Because you can't predict where it's going. And then there's moments that are so strangely funny mm-hmm. like the premise of that movie is and this isn't a spoiler you find it out in the first three minutes they get mm-hmm. it out of the way quick mm-hmm. nice. Jake Gyllenhaal loses his wife in a car accident okay. and yet you think oh man this film's going to be a bummer but then 
he's like strangely detached. And like he just shows like no Emotion. sadness really. He's just kind of blank face, but then he just says these incredibly inappropriate things, things like mm. the father of the of uh, his wife mm-hmm. is you know pouring his heart out to him in a uh, diner. And um and he's just pouring his heart out to him and Jake Gyllenhaal says very detached things like and the, why do you think they charge so much for the drinks here? And then <laughs> and then the father just keeps talking and he's like t- he's you know tears in his eyes and then like a minute goes by. This guy's giving a monologue. Three, three. What's up? Sorry. Oh, no. but then <laughs> G- then Gyllenhaal says, "Oh, I know, I know why. It's the atmosphere. That's that's why the <laughs> drinks are so that's much." You're and you're like, "Dude, he's fucking crying, man." But it becomes like this. Just Naomi Watts is in it, and it just becomes this great heartfelt film. And then you get why he's not showing all this emotion. He's, okay. Mm. He's I not think a, I, remember, I remember the trailer. Uh, it it kind of slipped by my radar. I meant I, to watch it, but I never got around. Even it. like as much as a lo- Moonlight is the better film, mm-hmm. but I could predict where Moonlight was going at times. Yeah. Demolition could not predict where it was going ever, and wow. it was just brilliant. That's it's made great. by the guy who did Wild, John Mark Valley. I haven't seen that. He one. did yeah. Wild, Dallas Buyers Club. Dallas Buyers Club. Did see that? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Moonlight is just. So you want to talk about it? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Moonlight first. I want to hear about it. Uh, it, it, I think it's it just came out like two weeks ago. So let's remain for any major spoilers. Oh shit! Uh, I don't know how to talk about. Can we say the guy's biggest struggle? Can we? Yeah, yeah. We can say that. That's been discussed. Uh, Because some of the trailers don't hint at that. Some of the trailers don't. Google fucked it up for everybody. Google was like, uh, it's about a a dude. It it follows a, a, a man for three stages of his life when he's a little kid, a teenager, and then an adult. Uh, but the dude's biggest struggle is that he struggles with his sexuality. He's a black he's a gay man right, in the yeah. south. Oh. Yeah, and like and like that yeah. grew up in the in the sort of underdeveloped drug filled uh, thug culture like, mm-hmm. that developed. It has a uh, fucking cottonmouth. Mar- I think his name's Mahershala Ali. I'm, I yeah, love him yeah. as an actor. I, I'll never know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but yeah. I fucking love him. He's out from uh, House of Cards and um, Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Yeah. He played Cottonmouth, and my favorite film of all fucking time. He's in it, uh, The Place Beyond the Pines. He's, oh, in, it with Ra- he's in it with Ryan Gosling. Gosling plays a bank robber. He plays a bank robber with anxiety attacks. It's <laughs> great. It's like if me, it's me, if I was just covered in tattoos and wanted to rob banks, it's like, yeah, I got this. I'm all tough. Until the moment you enter the bank and you're like, oh, fuck, am I going to piss my pants? What am I about? <laughs> so, That's pretty great. Yeah, he uh, doesn't piss his pants, but anyway, it's, <laughs> Gosling's not going to do that. All right. I, I I thought Moonlight was one of the better, like one of the best directed films that I've seen in a long time. I didn't connect with the story as much as I would have liked. Uh, it didn't make me cry or make me feel really, really? sad. Oh man, yeah. it made me. I was fighting back tears. Fighting back tears. Time. And I showed up with like I, I went to it with a dude friend of mine. So the whole time I'm like, I'm not gonna fucking cry. <laughs> I'm not gonna cry. But then you know, like yeah. once he's gone and I'm, like I'm driving alone, mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck, I can it, cry it, now. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Stuck with me a little bit after the movie theater. I love the ending. Though. Like, yeah, I know I can't great. say how it ends, but it's yeah. just... It's, just those... it's, it's a really, really well-done film. And I think everyone should watch I, there's it. There's no film I can compare it to, because there's no film that... It's like... That addressed, like, black men, you know, having repressed homosexuality in that yeah. way yeah. in the South. I can't name another film that's done it like that, anyway. It's there's, very... It's definitely very real and very well depicted. Like, I'm, I'm, I have $12 to go see a movie tomorrow. It's either Moonlight, uh, Arrival, Doctor Strange, or Edge of 17. Uh, I'll tell Which, you to take Doctor Strange off Hold on. Where should, where should I spend my money? Well, see, out of all... <laughs> out of all those, the uh, Moonlight's the only one I've seen, so... Oh, well. I don't, I don't have, like, the money to go 
to the yeah, movie I would go with often? Doctor Strange, personally. Yeah. Doctor Strange? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm into the big blo- blockbuster. I am like, too. And the technology. I mean, yeah, the, you go see it in 3D before exactly. it's out of theaters because yeah. I do want to see a you rival. need to see it in 3D. in 3D. I do want to see a rival in theaters because it is like... It's the type of film meant to be seen in a theater. It's mm-hmm. like it involves an alien invasion. Yeah, but not in like it doesn't seem like it'd be corny like the well, Independence Day reboot. Movie. It's not even an action movie. Hmm. It's uh, it's uh, it's really a drama. That's all it is. Okay. It's a, it's a sort of the whole premise of the movie is that aliens land down on Earth and they're we're trying to communicate with them. So they hire a linguistic professor yeah. hmm. to learn the language of the aliens, and the whole movie is them trying to learn the language and hmm. figure it out and how to communicate with them and what what it means and why they landed there. So it's really kind of like a drama. Hmm. It's okay. not even an action movie. There's no real... Yeah. There's one explosion in the whole movie. I'd been waiting on uh, Moonlight for a while, but honestly, I probably won't go back to the theater to, to the theater till like Star Wars comes out. Cause mm-hmm. just, Rogue One, yeah. I don't blame yeah. you. It's, uh, I watch Arrival, Moana, uh, Edge of 17, and Moonlight. Hmm. And I can say that Edge of 17 and Moonlight were the two movies that made me go like, oh, fuck. That you're, was a, you're like how really I was good. before we started making this movie. I don't have the energy now, but there was like a time when I was just like in the theater constantly. Yeah. It's pretty great. I, yeah. I, I think I think I love it. It's fantastic. Nice. Uh, definitely, we talked about it on the on the opening that we had to scrap because mm-hmm. the microphone fucked up. Yeah. Um, but definitely go see all of those movies if you have the chance or energy to do it because they're fucking oh, brilliant. And again, they're, they're yeah. paying me to say this, they're not. But uh, Amazon <laughs> Amazon Prime. I don't know if it's on Prime, but it is on Amazon anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demolition. Yeah. It's like even if you got to pay like five bucks to see it, I don't think Worth it's it. that much anymore. But yeah, it's just, I mean, if you like Jake Gyllenhaal as an actor, but you don't want to, like, he's known for incredibly dark films. It's mm-hmm. so, like, maybe you love him as an actor, but you don't want to see him in something that dark. Mm. Yeah. Demolition. It's like, you'll just be smiling by the end, and it's, I just, I fucking loved it. It's nice. We'll be seeing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you watch a lot of movies, Camille? No. No? <laughs> hey, she's seen all the television shows, she's, though. That, yeah, that. I'm definitely more TV than movies. I don't, I don't watch, like, any, I... I have like social anxiety, so I can't see anything opening weekend, or yeah, I'm, I'm sitting in like a packed theater uh, and I can't concentrate. Like, I, go, um, I go like very late at night or very early because very I early. go like a month after the movie's been out. Yeah, and it there's a the way that everything is sort of changing in the industry. Mm-hmm. That a lot of movies aren't still there a month later anymore. Yeah, that's true. I heard this is in, you'll get you'll get a kick out of this. Yeah. So. Um, Paranormal Activity, whatever the fuck version they're on now, five oh, or God. six or whatever. Mm-hmm. So Eight and a half. they said we're gonna put um, we're gonna put it out on streaming devices, streaming services after mm-hmm. 21 days. So okay. a lot of theaters are really pissed off. And they're like, we're not gonna carry your movie then. Oh. Period. We're not gonna do it. Just put it on streaming devices then. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I love it, all of the money yeah. that they're gonna make yeah. is gonna be made in the first two weeks because yeah. anybody who wants to see that kind of shit movie is gonna see it in the first two weeks. Yeah. If they don't see it in the first two weeks, they're not, they're not gonna, gonna see it in the theater. Yeah. So there's like a whole like AMC isn't carrying it or something. I've been I, I've been saying that streaming is going to take over the, the oh, sort yeah. of the distribution industry Real quick. for a long time. I, I'm mm-hmm. so excited. Yes. Have you seen Neon Demon? That's streaming right I'm, now for free. It. A, Where's it on? Is it on Netflix? Where's it at? It's on Prime. Okay. Fuck. Prime. I'll check it out. I sound like we're spokesman. But anyway, <laughs> it's it's on Prime and yes. it's it may be on Netflix soon though. No, we got Prime. I'll check it out. But it's like. That's another film. Like I didn't think of it earlier, but Neon like Demon. I didn't have to go all the way back to the Revenant. Neon Demon's more recent, but the thing is, it's a spoiler. But I feel like people should know this if they're expecting mm-hmm. a demon to be in it, because you know it's, in the, the ti- it's in the title. <laughs> yeah. There's no demon in the movies. Maybe I like it, it's yeah. one of those weird movies. You know that would have pissed me off. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think. I didn't think there was a demon in the movie. Not a literal demon. Maybe yeah. a metaphorical yeah. art house type demon. Not mm-hmm. a li- no literal 
demons in that movie. Yeah. There is some gross as fuck, vicious, horrific stuff in the movie that's probably... It's like, I think a demon would be less scary than some of the shit that humans do in that movie. <laughs> but um, it's, it's an interesting watch. you got to be in the mood for it, though. And that's, yeah. like, one that, like, maybe they should have, like, trigger warnings for. Because oh, it's... I didn't know going in, like, how much of it is based around, like, rape. And then not... You don't even see it, but just the constant threat of, is that character about to get raped? And right. then then you hear, all, like, something happening off screen. And it's just... So I didn't know it was going to be like that, but it's still, it's one of the most... Despite all that I just said about rape, yeah. this, this next sentence is weird. It's one of the most beautiful, beautifully shot films I've ever films, seen. Yeah. It's just strange. It's by the guy who did Drive, Nicholas oh, Winding Refn. I love that yeah, guy. Drive? Drive was yeah. my show yeah. when it came out. Yeah, it's just... He's known for uh, having these actors who don't say a lot. And mm. then they're just like a yep. vehicle that the audience could be the Could relate actor. to, yeah. yeah. They just attach themselves to it and they go through the movie. Yeah. Which yeah. is what... Gosling didn't drive. Yeah, uh, barely spoke, and yeah. it's yeah. almost like. Did he also like do God only, only God forgives? Yeah, I love that movie that. too. Hmm. But I hated it the first time I saw it, and then yeah, I don't blame you. And the, like the second time, because I watched it the second time, I was like, why am I not getting this? Am I just dumb, or uh, do I need to rewatch it? <laughs> and then those usually become the movies I slowly love over time. Mm. But if I hate it, or except the lobster, I'll never like the lobster. Yeah. What, you, uh, yeah, we had a conversation what, about what, this. What? I, I, I fucking love the lobster. I hate it's my movie. Fa- I What? Would, I'd have a problem if I met the director in person. That's how much I hate it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right. Let's, 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 um, let's posture a little bit here. All right. Why? Why don't you like the lobster? Oh man. It's, I honestly, it's one of the movies I hate more than any movie in the because, world. Because like, I, I, I take a terrible movie like White Chicks over over that movie. Because at least that movie tried to be funny, in like, my opinion. Like. <laughs> This is, this is how much of an impression you've made on me oh, in God. just this 15 minutes of meeting you. Like, I've, I've held your opinion in so high regard. Oh, I've been writing down, down yeah. the list of all the movies you've been talking about to go see. And then you just shit on one of the best movies of 2016. What? The best? That's, that's, that's like one of the better ones of 2016. Oh, maybe it's... Okay, I'll explain. But like, maybe it's the marketing, but... It's marketed as like a laugh out loud comedy. They said that shit in the trailers, oh, posters. Marketing. Okay. marketing can fuck up a it movie. It sure will. I didn't laugh once. It's very dark. All. It's a dark humor. I, I, yeah. But I, I'm a dark person. I yeah. get dark humor. Yeah. I, I've seen every episode of Shameless twice. I get you dark humor. You didn't like when the I didn't girl, laugh once. You didn't like movie. when she killed her brother, aka his dog. Oh, that made me want to quit watching. <laughs> yeah, maybe, that was pretty it, upsetting, dude. It, it was just, supposed to be funny. How is a dog <laughs> it was supposed to be? How is a dog like just oozing blood from his stomach all over? The floor. I don't get how that's funny. I don't know. It just made me want to vomit and not watch another well, scene. The thought of putting your hand inside of a toaster? Or that, like none of that stuff? Well, that, that scene was the only slightly funny part to me. Still didn't make me laugh, but that's because it's John C. Riley. John C. Riley's yeah. in it. Yeah, but he's barely in it. He's in like that scene and then like... Yeah. I think I can... Because I, I, didn't, I didn't fall for the marketing of the movie. Yeah. I saw one trailer and I watched one trailer of any movie that's going to come out. Yeah. And if the first trailer doesn't really convince me... I, I usually don't go watch it. I honestly movies. thought, other than like Riley and some of the smaller bit parts, I thought it was just, I didn't buy the acting ever. I'm going to have to watch this movie. It's, I'm it's, so confused. The, I, I personally I hated it. it the honestly, concept, it's one of the, the worst. The concept of the movie is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a ridiculous concept. All right. So, um, so lonely people who. Uh, yeah, I know the concept. Oh, okay, You're going to turn into an animal yeah. if you, if you don't phone. find your soulmate yes. or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's, it's, it's a really, really um, the dog scene turned odd me off. movie. It yeah. made me just 
I, I can see why I would do that because yeah. uh, it, it's definitely one of those movies that's meant to make you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And if you're expecting to laugh in the movie as an as, like as a laugh out comedy, yeah. and then it tries to like punch you in the face with these really uncomfortable ideas, yeah, then it, it, it's gonna turn you but off. But it just never made me laugh. Even yeah. like I could maybe overlook that. Just I thought it was an over top dog scene, but just even if that. I don't know. It's like you should. I just didn't laugh. That's the main thing. If it made me laugh, then I would have. I don't blame you. Overlooked yeah. it. I maybe, really don't blame. What, what about the girl who was like, who was supposed to find her soulmate, and then she was like, you know what? Fuck it. Just turn me into a horse. Like I'm done. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of like subtleties. Because because yeah. for me, it was a parody on the on the culture of dating. Yes. Yeah. Was, I mean, I get yeah. it. Yeah, it was a parody. It's. I guess it's a smart film. I just never bought the acting. It always felt like they were reading a script to me. Like yeah. to me, they might. I just imagined someone holding up cue cards. Behind, <laughs> behind, you know, the camera and Colin yeah. Farrell's reading them. I just never once. Yeah. From minute one, I was taken out of the movie with just. Okay. I totally action. get it. It, it, yeah. it was totally right. not meant for for that kind of. Uh, I don't know, but it was also again, it was the marketing, and I, I, maybe my anger is a little over the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could tone it down, I guess, just because I didn't. Someone gave me an iTunes gift card, so that's how I paid to see the movie. Yeah. Right. But I would have been, as mad as I am now, I've been way madder if that was actually my own. Real money. <laughs> if that was real money. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I just put myself in the shoes of someone who paid to see it in a theater, and yeah. it's like, I would have walked the fuck out. I just would have been enraged yeah. if I paid like 12 bucks to see that. Yes, we, we and I didn't like Because it's marketed. No, I don't blame them. I mean, because the same thing happens. It's marketed like, to make you laugh. Right. Like, the funniest movie of the year, laugh out loud comedy. Yeah. And then you see the cast, and you're like, oh, John C. Riley's fucking hilarious. This yeah. is going to be great. Yeah. And then it's just. It's not that kind of No, there's a dog that's kicked to death. Spoiler, I guess. Oh, fuck. Whatever. <laughs> I just, it's not funny to me. I don't get how that's a good laugh. I just. I love your anger towards this I movie. It. It's <laughs> great. I, just, um, yeah. I would take a movie like White Chicks over that just because it's a shitty movie. I don't like mm -hmm. that one either. But it tried. It genuinely tried to deliver on what it promised to people that, hey, you're going to laugh out loud. Would you go see something like A Bad Santa too? Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd want to see Bad Santa. I like Billy Bob Thornton, though. I Fucking love, right, man. It's Billy Bob Thornton. He's <laughs> like, he's one of, honestly. Billy like, Bob Thornton's pretty great. I wanted I to be an actor yeah, a lot as a kid, an actor and a screenwriter. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Billy Bob Thornton was fucking both with Sling Blade. So, you used yeah. to see Sling Blade. You Sling Blade. You watch Sling Blade. He's the guy that, he's one of the guys that made me want to, like, read the script. To, you can find the PDF file. It's on there. Yeah. It's like, it's a crash course in writing without telling you any advice on writing. The script for Sling Blade is the tightest fucking thing out there written in probably like the last yeah. 30 years in movies. It's It's brilliant. It's just, I just think about 30 Rock every time I think Sling Blade. <laughs> what, what do you get? 30, how, how? What's the correlation? Um, it's uh, Tina Fey and uh, you know, Jenna, Jenna, the oh, Jenna, blonde yeah. one, uh, mm. doing improv. And Tina Fey does uh, it's Sling Blade and somebody else. Tina Fey does an impression. Oh, I, that one. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering why you were like. She says, no. <laughs> no, Oprah. That's what it is. <clears throat> it's Sling Blade and Oprah. And Tina Fey does an impression of Sling Blade mm. and... Uh, the other chick responds with no Oprah which you're never supposed to say no in yeah, improv that's the yeah. no not just, just the improv, improv. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. yes and it's always. yes and always yeah. Yeah. oh okay yeah. that was the in, that was a very inside inside <laughs> inside joke. I was wondering you, you took improv I've never taken improv oh, now that would have been cool I'm supposed to I'm I, it's really fun. Took it for a year. Got nothing out of it, but except for like the yes and and like communicating with people I don't know like now. So I mean, yeah, that's I my boyfriend might want. Well, some people want me to do sketch, mm. and they want me to do an improv class before I do sketch. That'd be smart. That definitely helps. It does help when you're on stage and yeah. something fucks up, and you know where to go and how to be funny <laughs> when shit is fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I, I'm gonna have to cut the conversation off yeah. for this intro. I think this is one but of the appropriate just, times to say cut short. Like, we, we haven't had, had a, a full cut. We haven't had the full Bad Santa two conversation. Oh, I'm, oh, just, I'm kidding. Oh, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one thing. One thing. Now. Have you yeah. seen one thing though? Mm-hmm. While we're on TV shows, real brief. Yep. Have you seen Goliath? Have not. Because no. you look, you like Billy Bob apparently. Love right? Billy Bob. You gotta see Goliath. It's on Prime again, and it's on Prime. It's only eight episodes. You can watch it all in a weekend, and it's. It's my favorite thing he's done probably since Bad Santa. And then. Yeah, I asked Quay then, if yeah. he wanted to watch Goliath. And he was like, I don't know. Why do you want to watch Goliath? I'm like, it sounds good. So can I watch it without you? And he's like, no. Mm. So you don't want to watch it with me. And I can't watch it without you. The, okay. Yeah. I'll say this the pilot's not great. Mm-hmm. Episode two, though, two through eight, great. Nice. So give, give it Camille, like the chance past that first Camille, hour. have you watched Horace and Pete or The Nick? Watch them both. All right, now we're out here. (laughs) Okay. All right, we're going to play the little music thing, and then we'll be back with uh, talking about Freight Fabric. That's the name of it. Freight Fabric, yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back, guys. All right, are you hearing anything? No, sounds perfect. All right, fuck yeah. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We're still here with Devin and Camille. We had to take a break because I peed my pants, right? Yeah, yeah, Devin had to go change. He had his whole (laughs) thing happening. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. a... It was, it was, it's, we're fine now. We're okay. <laughs> it happens. It happens. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into the topic. Yeah, let's get yeah. into the topic. Uh, so you guys are working on a documentary. Yeah. Uh, it's called Frayed Fabrics. Frayed, no, just, Frayed just Fabric. Singular. Frayed Fabric? Yeah, oh, okay. It's just a singular amount singular of fabric. Singular fabric. <laughs> it's about the clothing industry. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, a, let's, uh, let's just get right into it. Tell us a little bit about your film. Like, what are you trying to, to do with this film? So... Um, it all goes back to Devin opening up his experience, telling me about his experience. Mm. And it was after one of my boyfriend's shows. He's a sketch comedian, so it was after a show. Um, I was drunk. We were both backstage in the green room kind of area. Mm-hmm. And uh, Devin told me about his whole experience. And he sort of realized that it was really cathartic for mm. him to mm. tell somebody else because yeah. he hadn't told anybody. Um, so the whole point is to sort of get survivors to talk about their experience whether it's with a therapist or their best friend mm. or their mom or whoever just get it out yeah. just get them to open up to someone yeah um, okay yeah i went like 11 it was 11 years without telling anyone oh damn yeah i i, I don't know why it was just a gut feeling i had a gut feeling about her and then mm-hmm. she, i was right because she ended up like becoming my best friend but it just I had a gut feeling to start telling her but i didn't think i'd get the whole story out Okay. I just thought I'd get some of it out, and then eventually she'd be like, "All right, this is enough. We need to. Um, I need to stop hearing this." But yeah, it was very cathartic, and I think people need that experience because I was so afraid of it for eleven years. I feared wow. opening up to someone like that, and yeah. then when I opened up, I, it was life changing. So I was like, "Oh shit, why did I wow. fear this for so long?" That's that's amazing. From because um, that's the kind of what we uh, started the podcast. Um, by the time we got to episode five, I was having a conversation with Brian about hating these bullshit conversations the conversation that means nothing the small talk the chit chat you know it's really nothing so i decided to go out and start actually anybody that was gonna willing to sit with me for five minutes i'm gonna tell you some real shit and in response they reciprocated they would go tell me some real shit about their life and i actually started to like connect with people more like the way you're saying that you and camille did and that's that's amazing i really like to hear stuff like that See, I have one of those faces, though. So mm. I could be at a bar mm. or at a party, and all of a sudden, the person I'm sitting next to is mm. telling me their real shit. Yeah, Like, yeah. I just, I don't know what it is about me mm. or my face. I mean, 
I have resting bitch face. Oh. So <laughs> like I don't I don't know what it is, mm. but I've I've had so many people open up to me and tell me that they're like real stories. Yeah. That it it's not it's not a thing for me anymore. Nice. She did read. I will say this though. This may be what. Mm-hmm. This may be why. Maybe is why I had that gut feeling about you. I don't think it's just the face though. It's like you did read that that thing I put out there. It was called uh, Escape Goat, and it was just it was just, it was not good. I don't care what she says. It wasn't as good. I like the title. That was yeah. uh, that was Escape the essay that you wrote. Right? No, no, it was like a chat book, I guess, and I put okay. it on Amazon, and then I took oh. it off. That was the thing she read. And she's like, this could be a lot better if you had an editor and, you know, fleshed out some parts of it. And I hinted in one of the essays that I experienced a trauma when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And that's like what I just said is as literally as in-depth as I went about it. It was I gave it like two sentences, didn't even use the word sexual assault or rape or anything. Yeah. I glossed over it. I didn't even want to write about it at that time. And then I just I branched off into this other shit in the essay. And then mm-hmm. she was like, no, 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 these, these two sentences, that's what you need to flesh out and write about that's mm-hmm. where it is and uh, i don't know i didn't want to admit she was right but mm-hmm. i was like yeah yeah i mean no, so, <laughs> was, so that was like the key to all of it really mm-hmm. that was better than that entire one essay on that topic mm-hmm. was better than that entire fucking book i put out yeah <laughs> i i actually saw you uh read this essay at charlotte's uh, uncc charlotte's take back the night event on april mm. uh were you there too no i've heard the audio mm. though okay it was it was I was nervous though, and I read too fast, and I made eye contact with no one, and then I. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> I I think that's kind of like like what made it feel sort of real to the audience because everyone was watching, and, and a lot of those people had their own issues hmm. that they were dealing with. Uh, I was there with my uh, with a family member uh, too, and I think what what gave it some poignancy was the fact that you didn't make eye contact with anybody about it. You were just sort of that's telling just, your story. That's. I yeah. probably wouldn't have even if I wasn't telling my story. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah uh, but uh, I, I I did hear you read that essay, and I thought it was a brilliant essay. Oh, and uh, and I wanted to talk to you after that that show, but there were so many people trying to talk to you. I didn't want to like uh, be in that pool. It mm-hmm. felt like being a celebrity under the strangest circumstances. Yeah, like, it was, just, oh, yeah. like a rape celebrity. Yeah, that's not the politically correct way to phrase it. But uh, no, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Political <laughs> correctness doesn't. <laughs> It's not, yeah. it was it was a weird day i mean it was it was cool but it was weird yeah so the this whole idea of opening up uh came before the essay and then you wrote the essay after you opened up to camille about, about yeah, the experience the essay was really short but then I, originally it was just like two pages but then mm. i kept adding to it but and i kept adding to it leading up to like the uncc thing but mm. she was editing it throughout like i'd add to it send it to her she'd the whole idea um and we're in sync in this way is mm. that i like to eliminate any fat um, yes. I just even if it's just descriptive words, whatever. I uh, right. Mm-hmm. Like I get into arguments with people about this. Like I love the movie Fight Club, mm-hmm. but I actually like the book more. And right. it's Just because of the writing. I mean, the movie's great though. But it doesn't really matter if the book or the movie's better. Yeah. But I love the writing style of the book. Cause yeah, because it, it goes it goes right to so the fucking blunt. It's almost it's just it hits you like a fucking hammer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's no the way he does it. He'll break up paragraphs into just sentences, and it's to, more to create a rhythm of mm-hmm. reading. Mm-hmm. So there's no huge blocks of text. It's almost like the opposite of David Foster Wallace. Like okay. I tried to get into the guy. I really tried to get into David Foster yeah. Wallace. Couldn't because there'll be like a whole page that's one. He'll treat a whole page as one paragraph, and that mm-hmm. you need to break up the line spacing. And then uh, he's trying to be verbose, and it almost seems like someone trying to be impressive. But I'm the opposite mm-hmm. of that in my writing. It's like just be blunt, say what you got to say, yes. get on with it. Okay. And uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Me. What the fuck is that? 
That's the goddamn app that I'm I sorry. told I'm I was going to close. What the fuck? That I ugh, every goddamn time. This is normal at this point. Every godforsaken time. It's the app was closed. Mm -hmm. The app was goddamn closed. Yes. No. <laughs> but but no. I um. Who 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 is David Foster Wallace? What has he written? Oh, he wrote Infinite Jest. He, he's like Infinite Jest. That's John what um, John is writing right now. Yeah. He okay. knocked it. I mean. I sound pretentious now because I'm not saying I'm better than David Foster Wallace. It's just a different writing style. I'm mm -hmm. not into that writing style. And, uh, you know, it's, some people love him. Like, he was one of the most well-acclaimed book authors of the 90s. Mm -hmm. Like, when he's really young and his, I think, I think his mid-20s, I think he's like 26, knocked it out of the, I'm not great with numbers, but I think he was 26, knocked it out of the park with Infinite Jest. Mm -hmm. First book he had published, people were regarding him as one of the best authors of that, yeah. of that time. Yeah. First book out there. So... But then I read it, and I'm just like, I can't relate to this at all. Sure. Yeah. And so I, but I read Pal and York. Polonic. Is it pronounced Polonic? Okay. I think so, yeah. Okay. I read that. I read <laughs> him, uh, like Invisible Monsters and Fight Club, and I was just like, I can relate to that writing style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. I, I think the, the some, we're talking about Pal and York, I think his writing is sort of more like, like a script than a novel. Yeah, it's I mean, I started. Like, this happened, this happened, this happens, this happens. Yeah, I used to write screenplays, mm -hmm. so it is similar. Um, Hunter S. Thompson's another guy, like, he's right. the reason I... Mm. wanted to be a writer and ironically i mean it didn't really actually occur to me to her making the film but mm -hmm. the thing mm -hmm. that got hunter s thompson's career off the ground was when he was as a journalist like mm -hmm. a wannabe journalist type he was following the hills angels around and they ended up holding a woman down and raping her and mm -hmm. that, oh, that broke his career though writing about that and yeah. he got the shit beat out of him for it but his career started with a uh, rape story maybe not started but that's what got him attention yeah right yeah. Tell us a little more about the frayed fabric. Like, uh, what's the, what's the um, the the rundown on it? Okay. Um, well, I'll start with like the title. Mm -hmm. um, there's this book. I'm trying to name, remember the name of the book. Um, I don't know. I can't remember the name. Oh, the Evil Hours. That's the name of this book. It's called the Evil Hours. And okay. in that book, there's this doctor who tells a guy who had been through war and has PTSD. He tells him that uh, trauma frays the fabric of time. Mm -hmm. And then that got me, that phrase stuck with me. Um, but the book is about war and how that gives you PTSD, mm -hmm. and, which is, I'm glad the book was written. It's very important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the book claimed to just be about PTSD in general, I mm -hmm. think, but it really just focused on war. Yeah. And um, the majority of people who have PTSD in this country have it from sexual assault, actually. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's, PTSD is way more common than yeah. people think. Definitely. Um, it's also way more complex than people think. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, like the Trump, Trump mm -hmm. winning brought back symptoms I haven't had in like two years. So it's just uh, where I like space out, lose track of time. Yeah, come to and realize, oh, I've been crying for a little while. Apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's more complex than people think. People sometimes make light of it, and they just associate it with like veterans. And mm -hmm. I'm not downplaying no. veterans; they're mm -hmm. fucking awesome. But I'm yeah. just saying that. The majority, statistically, the majority of people have it have it due to sexual assault. So yeah. that stuck with me while writing. Her and I were working on the essay, and um, that was kind of the basis of the film. But really, like in my mind, Camille is like my voice in the film, and she's the core of it. In that the, the film is structured around her doing these interviews, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we don't even always like to use the word interview because. We're They're sort of conversations. Yeah, we're filming conversations. Yeah. And it's almost filmed like in a European documentary style where she's often in the frame mm -hmm. and we don't edit out her side of the conversation. I want it to, it's kind of like a podcast, mm -hmm. like what we're doing now. Um, it's more like a Mark Maron style of interviewing than 
you know how in a typical documentary you edit out the question, you get mm-hmm. them to rephrase it so it's like right. they work the question into their statement. Yep. And mm-hmm. it's the opposite of that. But it's each survivor and each survivor in the film has their own chapter. Mm. So it's it's almost feels like a series of short films okay. making one bigger picture film. I love you could take an, an idea and just expound on it so much because, I mean, you're going to get so much feedback from people that no longer feel alone. You know, like, I mean, just as one person going and sharing their stories is one thing, but to actually put out a, a short film, you know, you're going to get a lot of feedback from from survivors. Oh, and you know? It's a feature film, but yeah. yeah. Oh, it's feature? Yeah. It's oh, wow. Feature. I just meant that each chapter feels like it's on short film. How, 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 long, how long is this? I mean, I can't honestly give an answer to that until I'm done with editing, but I, my guess is it'll be around two hours. Oh, no. Nice. Yeah, I don't want it to be much longer. Yeah. I don't, think, I don't think it can be any longer no, than two hours. You don't want to put we've, people through this. We've had this argument a couple times, well, this discussion a couple times about the length of the film. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, at first, we were aiming for about an hour, and then it, it was about an hour and a half, and now it's like two hours. And we we but can't. I can't, mm. we I can't, can't you can't tackle this subject matter for longer than two hours. You right. just can't do it. Like, there's some brilliant filmmakers out there, mm-hmm. like Werner Herzog. Mm-hmm. He made a film on, uh, it's different, but it's still very morbid. It's It was a film on interviewing death row inmates. Mm. Okay. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah. And after a certain point, it's like, I can't finish this. It's yeah. just, I just mentally mm. can't, too heavy can't stick time. with this topic yeah. for this length of time. So, I mean, yeah, we have that in mind. Um, the goal is two hours max, I should okay. say. Yeah. If it ends up being shorter, awesome. Um, yeah. But, 90 minutes to two hours. Uh, two hours is realistic, but I'm not one of those pretentious assholes who, like, first feature, man, it's going to be, like, two hours, 30 minutes. I'm the artist. People just got to fucking sit through it. Fuck that. How, what, um, <laughs> what, what changed in you guys' life individually from the process of making this film? Um, I realized that there's so many people that mm. have been assaulted or raped. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so many like i it's a lot of people that i've known for like 10 years are suddenly like i'm really glad that you're making this because i've never told anybody my story yeah you know so it's it's really really crazy to me all of the women who've sort of hinted like women Mm -hmm. in my life who i've known for a really long time hinted at their own assault or rape and then um, the men in particular. That's what I was going to hit on. Just uh, the same way that uh, we're talking about Moonlight, having uh, black men um, that are homosexual and it's just so difficult to uh, come out in that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Just the same way that uh, men who have uh, experienced sexual abuse, is, I don't i don't know how much more harder it would be as opposed to a woman, but it's just men are burying that shit down deep. Yeah, my, my boyfriend uh, came out to his cousins mm. and it's been 20 years since he was molested by his uncle yeah. so yeah. for the first time you know his cousins were like where's camille tonight and he's mm. like oh she's doing this documentary what's the documentary mm. about starts mm. explaining it and yeah. then all of a sudden he's telling his cousins his story you yeah. know and it was a family member so yeah. you know for the next two days we're getting calls from every cousin yeah you know like did this really happen and so it's definitely it's definitely been kind of crazy to yeah. realize how many people have been affected. I mean, yeah. it, it holds a lot of power. Just the, just even the fact that you guys are making the documentary. People around you will. I feel like you guys get a lot of that. Yeah, they definitely. You can measure that power for it. Yeah. yeah, they definitely want to open up a little bit. Sometimes it's a little overwhelming. You know, like yeah. I'm not a therapist. I'm yeah. not trained to handle this kind of stuff. It can be a little bit heavy sometimes. I yeah. think 
at the beginning of our friendship, I forced you into an unwanted yes. therapist role. Yes, <laughs> I was telling Devin, like, you should talk to somebody. And you're like, pay somebody about this. Yeah. this is, I, can't, I can't do it as mm. much. Yeah. I was definitely your therapist for a little while. Now we've transitioned. Now she's just more life coach, which is <laughs> yeah. Nice. Ex- yeah, which is acceptable. I think she enjoys that role. Yeah, I like I like that role a lot better. <laughs> I'm a good life coach. Yeah. Um. So so coming back to the to the film, uh, what is it? Uh, what have you learned? Because uh, what you asked the question like, what what have you learned by doing all these interviews and sort of getting to meet all these people? Um, I mean, I mean, I don't know exactly what I've learned but it's just mm-hmm. made me very appreciative i guess of uh just people opening up to us and uh i mean that's the main thing it just makes me feel incredibly lucky to be honest um that people would trust us with their stories and uh i don't know I'm, I'm just grateful we've met some people that otherwise we wouldn't have met like there's this dude i think i'm pretty sure he's cool with me saying his name but mm-hmm. this dude eric trundy in uh greensboro and mm-hmm. then um just because i'd have no fucking reason to go to Greensboro. Sounds like I'm <laughs> shitting on Greensboro. I'm not. I'm not. But I just would have no reason to... I wouldn't want to spend that gas money. Yeah. Would, but, hey, we had this reason. So we go there, and then we meet this guy, and it's fucking awesome. He's a great artist, funny comedian. Um, and then there's this experience that I think will stick with us for a while of meeting new people. And that's just one example. We have a lot of mm-hmm. examples. But right. Yeah, I'm just grateful that people will allow us into, into their lives and, you know, to put their stories out there. So, I don't know. It just made me more grateful, whereas if you talked to me a few years ago, I was probably more bitter than grateful. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, yeah, I've definitely seen a change in you it, just doing this documentary. You've, you've gotten a lot more positive. I wouldn't say bitter necessarily, just a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not that dark anymore, actually. I don't think. You're not, yeah, you're not nearly as dark as you were when I met you. My sense of humor is always a little dark, but just even, like, even in terms of some of the movies, I'll turn down watching certain movies because, like, yeah, I don't. I just, my whole, I don't know, it's like once you, I'm trying to think how to articulate it, once you mm-hmm. get through certain emotions, work through them, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I can leave that shade of my life or that, I don't know, uh, you can leave it behind, I don't right. know, you don't ever get past certain stuff like you that. You put yeah, it all yeah. in perspective. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. It's a very liberating feeling to actually just uh, open up and let it all go. It's like, just like you're saying, you don't let it go, it's still a part of you, mm-hmm. but you're not uh, trapped by it and held down. Yeah, it's not burying you. Yeah. I, I had a, a, a similar uh, stint with depression and anxiety. Mm. And when I started talking to people about it, too, was also when I, I started to get a bit better from it. Yeah. There's definitely power in opening yeah. up and telling other people. You, you, might, know, find, yeah. you might find this interesting. I, re- I read about this uh, a couple months ago, how it relates to PTSD and depression. And even if you haven't been through something like sexual assault, um, mm-hmm. if you experience depression long enough mm-hmm. and say it goes untreated or even if you're struggling with it while getting treatment if you experience depression and then things like suicide ideation mm-hmm. if you experience that stuff long enough that creates its own form of ptsd okay and then it's like a cycle mm-hmm. dealing with the ptsd that comes from it creates you might, depression sorry, do you mind getting a little bit closer to the mic oh yeah yeah, yeah. it creates yeah. depression again mm-hmm. so it's a cycle a lot of people don't realize that so even if uh you haven't been through something like sexual assault. Depression can create PTSD. They're just realizing late, uh, lately that. Okay. Interesting. What, what would you uh, consider if you had to make a mission statement for this film? What would you consider it to be? Like the purpose? Well, it's like she said, just get survivors to open up to someone instead of holding it in. Yeah, just getting, just letting people know that it's okay to open up. Yeah. No one's gonna judge you or 
um, uh, been uh, everything, something that we've heard from every, almost every single person that we've talked to, and mm. we've done a lot of these interviews now, is I felt so guilty, or mm. I felt felt so shameful, or I felt like it was my fault. Yeah. When it, it's not your fault at all. Mm. So that's another thing that we want to sort of put in perspective for people is that it's not, it's not your fault. It's okay that it happened. Let's all move forward. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. And, and I want to bring up something, because I met you a couple of weeks ago uh, while you were still in the middle of your interview rounds. Uh, you were near the area, and we met up, and you told me that you also want to portray the survivors in the film as someone, as, as people, sort mm. of that just kept going on with their life, and like mm. they, can, they can be happy within the, their lives. Again, I think you were talking about the ending of the, of the film, some concepts that you were working through. And uh, is that an important angle that you play in the interviews or letting people see that these are, in fact, people, not just victims? Yeah, I think it's uh, very important. Usually, Camille, she's smart about working that or guiding the conversation into that direction. Mm -hmm. But we don't, I don't know if guiding is the right word, we don't force the conversations in any way. But, yeah, we don't want them to just be seen as just solely, hey, they were raped. That's Mm -hmm. the entire person Mm -hmm. because that's Mm -hmm. not an accurate depiction of anyone. Exactly. So... That's why each survivor has their own chapter, to flesh them out more. You spend time with someone for a while. Whereas uh, I've seen other films on this topic, and they'll splice it up, and you jump around from a lot of interviews back and forth, and you just see snippets of a person. Right. And it mainly just focuses on that story. And and I I haven't really got into the editing yet, so Mm -hmm. who who knows how long each chapter will be, but the goal is that you feel like you've really gotten to know someone by the time their chapter ends. And you don't just think... Oh, they were raped, and that sums up that whole person. Right. You know, so like there's some cases where they they've gone on to be an artist. So mm-hmm. we see some art they've created, or you know, or even if we don't get to see that side of them, mm-hmm. you get the impression that they're not owned by that situation that happened. Yeah. They uh, there's some happiness in their life currently. Yeah, okay. the woman we talked to yesterday. Um, so we, we have everybody look at directly at the camera and say mm-hmm. their name and a little bit about themselves. So I'm a mom or artist or whatever. Mm-hmm. The lady we talked to yesterday, we focused on her being a mom because that's what she's proud of and that's who she is. That's oh. how she defines herself now is like a mother. So we talked about her kid a little bit at the end, you know? Okay. Like how do you, how do you teach a five-year-old consent? Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So. I like that there may be an uh, optimistic approach to where you're saying that uh, in the end, you're not just... I don't, you, you can you can define who you are and you're not just the, the victim. You know, you can define who you are as a person. Just that that those events that have happened to you as a person don't define who you are and who you can be in the future. And I, and I really like that if that aspect is covered in this film, you know, showing that not only did this happen, but this is what's happened since. These are the things that I've done in my life since then. Yeah. That's, that's really nice. That's Well, that's one of the things that um, kind of frustrates me a little bit about minorities in general mm. is that if you define yourself as a minority mm-hmm. so i'm a proud black man mm-hmm. i'm a proud gay man mm-hmm. you're you're no you're no longer a whole person yes you're just that minority just that. Mm-hmm. so you you've got to you've got to really define yourself as a whole whole being yes so drop it down a little bit you know i'm not just like a white woman. No, yeah. Like I'm, I'm an interviewer and mm-hmm. I'm an artist, and you know I love people and I like getting to know new people. You know, so we really want to focus on that. You're never one thing ever. No, and that, and, and unfortunately, I mean that's how a lot of people define themselves. That's how I defined myself for a long time, based on an event that happened to me. And whenever I would go into new rooms with new people, it was hard for me to make eye contact because oh, they can see it. You know, they oh, they know. You know who it is that I really am that I'm trying to hide behind. 
And I, I really admire what you guys are doing. I mean, I understand that feeling, like, yeah. uh, like that feeling of oh, they know who I am. They yes. know what I'm trying to. They're hide gonna behind. find out, yeah. Because mm-hmm. like even during like I didn't speak about what happened to me for like 11 years, but yeah. there's always this feeling deep down in you that oh, they know, yes. they know something happened, or they view me as weak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have that much confidence till you know uh, for a long time, and yeah. then I started to build that confidence up, but. It's just until you get to that point where you're more defined as a person, you feel like there's something they can see through me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've only felt that way when high. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the paranoia. Everyone knows in. I'm stoned. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. For, for a while, for me, that was the constant feeling. Sure. Yes. Not being high, but just no, no, they can see through. Yeah. Some would argue that was my constant feeling, also, but no, nah, I'm just yeah, I. Yeah, I, mean, I can relate to that. I had that feeling a lot when I was dealing with the depression and social anxiety because mm. it, it sort of, I mean, your body language sort of perceives that there is, in fact, something. Or at least you think it does. So you mm. walk into a room and you're like, oh, fuck, people are going to find out. i got to get out of here. And then you, the panic attacks Yeah, happen. with the social yeah. anxiety, you're definitely mm-hmm. like, they they all know that I'm freaking out. They right, all know absolutely. that I, nobody knows that you're freaking no. out. <laughs> nobody can see it. No. Like, we're so good at faking it. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I think humans in general are good at faking absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yes. Like, one, yeah, nobody knows that you're freaking out on the inside. No. Yeah. One thing, uh, too, that I learned from the documentary or mm-hmm. from making it is uh, that, I, I don't know, I, I feel like we could all be, if people focused more on the community mm-hmm. uh, instead of like, it sounds weird to say I learned this from the documentary, but it mm-hmm. all kind of is connected. Like everyone, a lot of people in my social circle are like outraged by the election result, for right. example. Yeah. So everyone focuses on the nation as a whole, mm-hmm. but people don't focus on the individual. their specific community. Mm-hmm. And just every other person, since I've started making this film, it's like, oh shit, every other person I know, every other person has been sexually assaulted. Yeah. So that's one aspect, that's one social issue that affects the community. Yeah. So if anyone, it doesn't have to be sexual assault, but say you picked a, a social issue that matters to you and you focus on how it's affected your specific community. Mm-hmm. Like if people did that more often, that would affect the nation as a whole. Mm-hmm. So if people right. focused more on their specific communities, it's I feel like, like you'd make a bigger down difference. a bigger beast into yeah. smaller mm-hmm. little beasts yeah. that you can tackle. Don't just get angry every four years. It's just like focus... <laughs> I don't know. You get what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, I, it, I, I do. It I, me, I feel that same way. It made me feel a sense of community, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not necessarily a specific town I live in. I relate more to Charlotte than mm-hmm. the small town I'm in. But uh, just because I work in Charlotte and uh, just spend time there, there's nothing to do in Mount Holly. I don't, <laughs> I don't even care if Mount Holly people hear this and they're mad about it. They're I just, think we they have know one listener in Mount Holly. <laughs> oh, we have uh, two listeners in Mount Holly, one in Stanley. Really? Yeah. Yeah. My parents live in Stanley. I'll st- my I'll grandparents s- do, yeah. I'll say it for both towns. Y'all need stuff to do. Y'all need stuff to do. Yeah. Eight o'clock, there's nothing to do after that? Come on. Yeah. I'm exaggerating a little bit. Not much. Eh, not much. I guess, that's, I guess that's what people drink over there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stanley's still a dry town. It's still dry. Yeah. yeah. Mount Holly, you know, we can buy alcohol, but Stanley, no. Yeah. But even if you buy the alcohol, yeah. you just got to take it home. Yeah. I mean, there's like, you can't. No bars. There's no bars. Like there's, no. there's no nightlife. No. On weekends, sometimes they'll have like a. Like a fest, they call it a festival. It's yeah. like one stage. Yeah. Some guy, <laughs> some guy on a banjo. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, I love that. I love but that I really, I do. I don't know. Mount Holly needs to feel a community too. Yeah. But whatever, I just don't feel it there. But filming in Charlotte, uh, I have felt this sense of community, and uh, that's just got me thinking more lately, just about community issues, and and uh, 
I don't know. It just I I didn't expect the amount of support we've gotten so far. I thought it'd be like this issue that oh people don't want to talk about that. Right. They'd rather steer clear of that. And some people do. There's been some but, local politicians that I've contacted who don't want to comment on it. But as far as the everyday people, mm-hmm. it's like holy shit. They they're just coming out of the woodwork to get in touch with both of us. And I I, I also think that you picked the uh, the the time in which you're doing it. It's also a really good time to be doing this kind of documentary. Because people are opening up about a lot of things, about mental illnesses and, and sort of um, past trauma and all this kind of stuff. People are just electing to be more open about it mm-hmm. rather than, than suppressing it. I don't know what changed in the last 10 or 5 years, uh, but people are definitely opening up. There's, there's something you were saying about the, uh, the election, and I, I really feel like we're too quick to judge how someone else feels about something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can't you can't tell someone how to feel about anything. The way that they feel about it is the way that they feel about it. And with with sexual assault, I don't think there's as clear and a defined line as everyone would like to think. You know, it's, it's just if an event happened in my life, the way that I feel about it, mm-hmm. it may not be as clear cut to what a rape or a sexual assault is, you know, but in the, the mind of the person you can't tell them how to feel about something the same way with the, with the Donald Trump thing it's like oh just get over it uh, you don't feel safe so what like why don't you feel safe you can't tell that person how they feel yeah. you know you can't tell me how to feel about anything well, you know and it's just we're just so quick to push them to the side because the way they feel we don't think that's justified yeah and that's that's insane to me well he had uh, sexual assault allegations against him still does yeah. yeah and not just recently like goes back to the 90s and mm-hmm. Um, she dropped the charges. Oh, she right. dropped it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's another time in the past, mm-hmm. I think, he settled out of court. But it's just there's been multiple allegations yeah. over the years. And um, and then the things he's admitted to on the Howard Stern show, not just on that tape where he's yeah. saying grab him by the pussy. There was a, yeah. a moment on the Howard Stern show where he bragged yeah. about walking in on beauty pageant contestants who were very young. Yeah. yeah. He just bragged about walking in on them while they're naked. And yeah. his attitude is, what can they do about it? I'm... The rich, wealthy host of the show. Yeah. Right, yeah. And this I, was like 2005-ish, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah I mean, and that guy wins. Mm-hmm. And then that's, that is triggering for a lot of people. Like Rain, their uh, hotline and their chat line was flooded with mm-hmm. messages coming. Yes. Um, because in the minds of sexual assault survivors, hey, we have to recognize this guy we believe to be a rapist mm-hmm. as our president for the next four years. And mm-hmm. that's a disheartening thing. It tells them that, it tells, well, me and people like us, it tells us that, hey, uh, sexual assault didn't even factor into the voting process. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, they didn't even regard that as an issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and I'm not even a minority, so, like, the racism, mm-hmm. he just condoned. Yeah. I mean, that didn't factor in. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to make it political, but I'm just, I mean, I guess I am. But it's, <laughs> it's, 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 there's been a change in tone in this country. But yeah. I, don't, I don't think it means people should give up because it goes back to, like, what I was saying about just focus on your individual community. Yes. Right. And in the long run, that will make the bigger difference. Well, it goes back to what you're saying about you can't tell somebody how to feel about something. No, you can't. Most of America, mm. well, a lot of America, yeah. is upset about the way that things have been going. Yes. I honestly don't believe that Trump would have made it if we hadn't had a black president. He wouldn't like, have. Yeah. Obama, have Obama being like a really an amazing president mm. changed people's opinions yes. about about things and it's mm-hmm. it's unfortunate but we can't tell we can't tell those people in the country how to feel about something no, no. 
We can't change their minds. No, I mean at all. Earlier on, I mean, we had George Bush, who I thought was the worst president in the history of life, uh, George W. Bush. And because of that presidency, we got Barack Obama. Because mm-hmm. of Barack Obama's presidency, we unfortunately have uh, the current uh, president-elect. I know. So I mean, just let's see what we have in four years from now, eight years from now. But I mean, it's just a big overweight seesaw from all the way up all the way down and there's just no balance in the country that's what worries me though is it just going to go on forever like that we're like keep seesaw yeah get a get a conservative in office get a liberal in office get a conservative in office a liberal in office it just it shouldn't be this endless cycle there needs Mm -mm. to be some type of middle ground which i was actually hoping as it's a naive hope it's not going to happen but i was hoping like the democratic party would splinter in half and then uh, <laughs> no, the Republican Party is splintering in half. That's yeah. what hap- the, the, that's what's happening the, the right now. Happen, and then the, yeah, yeah it's to happen with both major parties. It's Tea Party. You know, the Tea Party is yep. getting more and more you know severe to the right, yeah. and we've got more and more moderate Republicans. It's not the yeah. Democrats. The Democrats well, all seem to be fairly not necessarily like they were cohesive. Leaning, they were yeah, they're not the Democrats. They're not that cohesive though because they were mm-hmm. leaning more towards socialist when Hillary mm-hmm. like adopted Bernie's platform basically mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm try to get his people's votes they're right. they're, they're both owned by corporations yes it's, yeah it's just they i hope they do splinter off i'm all for like the destruction of both major parties but let give us more options there needs to be different options i don't know. I, I i agree with the, the whole thing like that's another conversation entirely but mm-hmm. definitely yeah. think that going the, back to yeah. community we just have to be nice to each other like yeah. you just gotta you just gotta be yeah. be what you want to see in the world. I genuinely be don't, nice. Yes. I genuinely don't believe the average person is strictly conservative, strictly liberal. Nope. No, um, no, we all have like, a, a, a. We're not ones and zeros. Yeah. I have philosophies that could or opinions that could fall under libertarian and socialist. Same. Mm-hmm. And the country like socialism is like a dirty word, which is bullshit because welfare and union are in the first paragraph of the constitution. People, right? If you think socialism is a dirty word, maybe you're in the wrong country. But yep. the thing is. <laughs> It can't all be socialist, mm-hmm. but it can't all be corporations either. So we need to find a balance. And people don't, they just want to label things as being villainous or bad, yeah. and they don't want to find that, that balance. It's so funny that you say dirty word, because I was I have dinner and drinks with my right-leaning libertarian father mm-hmm. every uh, Thursday. Yeah. And I we always fight about politics. It always ends up with like us arguing about something. Yeah. And he said, you sound like a socialist. And I was like, you say it like it's a bad thing. And he is, he's like, it is a bad thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the phrase, a more perfect union, that's a socialist concept. And yeah. then, this guy quoting the preamble. Look at this. I, <laughs> I'm, I don't like to... You got a smart one. I don't yeah. like to brag, but I, I know what I'm talking about with politics yeah. somewhat. Yeah. But, but there's no nuance in conversation. Like, we're having a nuanced conversation. Most people, they just want their sound bites. They don't yeah. have a nuanced conversation. There's aspects of libertarianism I love. Mm. Not enough of them to call myself one, but mm. it's just everything has to be like, oh, you're with that party, or you're with that right. party. Mm. How about yeah. we're just for people? Like, yes. and people like... Individual oh, yes. people, I feel like parties have destroyed things. Well, but, uh, I, I think it makes you easier a, to be bought if you're a part of a party. A party yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, I think that's part of a just like the fact that people like labeling other people mm. and like and, and and labeling the way that they put definitions that don't necessarily apply to whatever label they're using, mm. just because it fits their own agenda. And that creates a whole nother problems with like even conversations about uh, depression, social anxiety, sexual assault. Even when you're not doing it in politics, it, 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 it just kind of fucks everything up. Well, psychologically, your yeah. brain loves categorizing things. Right. Yes. It loves it. I mean, oh, your yeah. brain wants to put everything in a box. Yep. So it's hard to say, like, 
oh yeah, everybody wants to put a label. It's because you're you're you can't you help to. it. Yeah. You yeah. want to. You yep. want to be like that guy's black mm-hmm. and that guy's white yep. and he's a ginger. <laughs> you know, like you want to be able to categorize people. You know, yeah. you you want to say and like you're a punk or you're a goth or you're a prep or whatever. And, and the categorization and for me is sorry. The categorization for me is fine. It's when the when the definitions start impacting the happiness of others. Oh yeah, I, 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 I think it sucks, but yeah. we have to sort of fight against our own biology. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. The, the struggle of being existentially aware. Yeah. <laughs> Com- communication is a really big part in, in all of it. You know, whether we're seeing a Democrats, Republicans, black, white, um, just any of that where there is some kind of divide, communication is huge and it's just not happening happening enough. I mean, anytime that you're going to have a partnership is what the United States of America is. I mean, it's so many people, a melting pot of different ideas and values and traditions. Mm-hmm. And we, we have to have more communication. I mean, even like a podcast with, yeah. I think the podcast should be run this way. You think it should be run that way. And right. then we, if we have no communication then we're just gonna have a shit show right <laughs> you know the way that we, we have with america if you don't have the communication from both sides then you're not gonna have anything worth of value and i'm afraid that's where we're going right now going unfortunately into, yeah. yeah it's, it's a little it's a little scary the uncertainty it is. have it you is. heard of arlen specter you know who that guy is mm-hmm. he's dead now he died of no i haven't cancer. heard him. but no. he was this uh, senator who uh was a lifelong conservative really didn't agree with hardly any uh of the democrats philosophy mm-hmm. um Changed though, I think. Uh, sometimes I get the details a little off, but I mm-hmm. think it was in Obama's second term. Mm-hmm. All right. He uh, switched parties. Oh. Lifelong conservative switched parties, and he put out this tell-all book before he died. Uh, I think it's "Living Amongst the Cannibals." Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. is what it's called. But um, cannibals. He doesn't mean it literally, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> basically the metaphor is the country is devouring itself. Um, right. But he changed parties because of the blatant racism. Okay. And he just put out this tell book he thought people should know. And it was that it's all about winning, though. It, right. Racism was a factor of it, but mainly it's about winning. So the idea is it um, doesn't really matter who's in president. Like, Trump's going to be president now, so mm-hmm. maybe the Democrats will have this same angle. But when Obama won, the Republicans had this – they had a meeting led mm-hmm. by Mitch McConnell, and they were like, hey, whatever he's for, we're against. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it helps people. If he's for it. We're against it, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. we want them to go down as having a terrible legacy, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's what it's all about for them. Yep. And Bernie Sanders drew attention to this. He had this—it was absurd. It was an eight and a half hour fucking long filibuster. filibuster yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I couldn't. I watched an hour of it. Yeah. Who has time for eight and a half hours? But mm-hmm. he made—he brought brought it up where he talked about how um, Obama wanted to raise money for veterans, mm-hmm. wanted mm-hmm. to s- send more money to them. Yep. They shut it down. They couldn't. Obama couldn't even get the Republicans to agree, uh, agree on a measly 250, not 1,000, 250 Damn. bucks Damn. to go to veterans. Mm-mm. But this is what's sad, though. And Bernie called the president out on it, mm-hmm. not to sound too one-sided in favor of Obama. No. Yeah. The one thing, budgeting, they could agree on. They couldn't agree on giving veterans money, but mm-hmm. $87 million to one man who worked for J.P. Morgan Chase. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can agree on Democrats that. and Republicans can agree on that. One fucking man who's already been his company's already been bailed out. Mm-hmm. He gets that even after the bailout. Fuck that. They're owned by corporations. corporations. So it's a push and pull between socialism and corporations, and there's no balance. Have you seen mm-hmm. Anthony Weiner on that topic of the yeah. veteran thing? Yeah, like, yeah. He was so impassioned. He gets so it's amazing. Wow, I thought they buried him. It sucks wow. that he's more known for the scandal and that the he fucked up his life. It's, yeah. unfor- it's really unfortunate because he, he was, was a passionate. good politician. Yeah. yeah. You remember him? He was the yeah, guy that was yeah, a, the, the direct messages about the penis uh, stuff. I, 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 
I actually listened to some things he had to say before the whole scandal happened. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the documentary? Good. I have not. No, I, I saw oh, it. It was great. Like you. It's so good. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's so good. Like, it like I, it changed my perception of him. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, my perception was back to, like, oh, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> from, from the shallow perspective of just a dude who is mm-hmm. into aesthetic things, like all dudes are, I just mm-hmm. thought his wife, Huma Aberdeen, mm-hmm. I think she's fucking gorgeous. They're getting a divorce. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't blame her. She's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. And like you're it's sexting. It's not even real sex. You're gonna fuck up your relationship for a yeah. text message. Yeah. You're lucky enough to be with her. Come <laughs> on, man. Come on. It's pretty dumb. Uh, I mean, just just a segue, yeah. I mean between both of those ideas, I mean the common thing is the communication and the open book. You know, walking around as a closed book and not wanting anybody to find out what's really inside. And you guys are opening the book and, and just, this is my truth. Accept me for who I am. Yeah. And I love that idea. I, oh, I, I really do. Yeah, I really, I really do love that idea, too. I, 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 I really like the concept of just being like, hey, this is what's like, happening. Like, people Fuck know bullshit. Like yeah. People know bullshit. I mean, it's so <laughs> clear. Like, truth is, is translucent. I mean, you can see through it so easily. Like, everyone loves it. You know when someone is coming from a place of truth and when somebody's giving you bullshit. Yeah. You know, your brain just instinctively knows that shit. And I'm, I'm just I'm just very excited to, to see this and see the truth of these people that you're interviewing or having well, these conversations with. Mm-hmm. I give a lot of the Credit to Camille because she's great at having a nuanced conversation, which I guess that ties in like we're talking about politics. Mm-hmm. People don't want to have nuanced conversations mm-hmm. anymore. And I, I think on this topic of sexual mm-hmm. assault, people need to be having conversations that can't be reduced to just a soundbite. Yes. And, uh, it's, right. just, I don't know. it's a complicated thing. Yeah. And complicated things should have complicated conversations. Yeah. Yeah. People tend to, I thought they would want to steer away from that, but mm-hmm. we've been very lucky with having a lot of people just wanting to talk to us and mm-hmm. uh, we've even had to turn down people at times and it's just i didn't expect that kind of outpouring of people reaching out so there was a gap though for a while where mm-hmm. there's like a few months i thought i was gonna lose my mind or like i'm in over my head and this thing's not gonna get finished and mm-hmm. i would line up interview after interview after interview and they would always bail but then in like the last few months it just started clicking and again a lot of it was because of her she was starting mm-hmm. to talk to people and book things yeah it's definitely picked up steam um you guys have gotten a little bit of uh, media attention. I think Loafing ran an article. Creative Loafing. Creative yeah, loafing yeah. and um, we, we've we got some like semi-famous people that re- have recorded voiceover. So, oh, nice. um, I can say his name now. Uh, Mark Duplass. He's Mark, Mark Duplass, Duplass, J. Duplass? He's, yes. Yeah. Mark Duplass recorded oh my God. Have y'all seen Puppy uh, Chair? Have y'all seen the Puppy Chair? Oh, yeah. Oh, my. I love, I love all of this stuff. All of this stuff. <laughs> he's, he's an inspiration to me to... To just Whoa. start filming without a budget. Yeah, he's he he. Yeah. Uh, Devin reached out to him after because he name dropped Mark Duplass in the creative loafing article because he he was the guy that's like the 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 cavalry isn't coming. Mm. If you want to make a film, you just gotta fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Oh, you got the guy from the fucking league. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So um, uh, Devin reached out to him and asked if he'd be willing to help out at all, and he yeah. was like, "I'll do a VO and." He wow. recorded some shit, and it's crazy listening to it. Devin emailed it to me, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is yeah. the guy is from insane. the league. <laughs> he, reads, uh, oh my part, gosh. he reads part of my I Dream of Goats essay. Oh, damn. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I reached out to his publicist. He got back in touch, mm-hmm. and it was, like, way quicker than I thought it would be. Yeah. Damn. Uh, he sent the voiceover, and, yeah, um, it just uh, – yeah, he had that speech where he said, you are the fucking Calvary. Don't wait on the Calvary. Yeah. You are the Calvary. Yeah. And he got into Sundance with the film – a short film though, but it was still a film mm-hmm. that, 
like the budget was ten dollars of like gas money to drive somewhere to shoot it. I mean, come oh on. really? Damn. Yeah, it was. And he said he said in the speech that uh, people don't really give a shit what it looks like. I mean, there's always like the cinematography nerds, like the guy mm-hmm. who helps us, Dylan. He gives a shit like mm-hmm. what stuff looks like. There's always those type people, and I, I give a shit what things look like too. Mm-hmm. But if the story and the heart of the film is strong enough and the message is strong enough, doesn't matter what it looks like, doesn't matter what the budget is, people will you have to be drawn to it. There. Yeah, you have to get it out there. I think that's validation right there. You mm-hmm. know, when you're and I, and I love you guys' mission statement, and, and you're gonna see success because if that that's what you're looking for is getting the feedback and the openness from these other people. Success isn't doesn't necessarily have to be a um, a monetary amount. You know, mm-hmm. success and you're already seeing it right now just from the people that you're you're getting the feedback from. Really liking that. I want to um, run down some of the stuff Mark Duplass has done just because as soon as you said that name, like he's one of the the people right. I've been idolizing for the past seven years or so. <laughs> like him and his brother. <laughs> you know, that is just... All right. Um, he, was, he was in Creep, Safety Not Guaranteed, The One I Love. That's on Netflix. Right. Really, really good. Um, Jeff Who Lives at Home. That's really good. The mm-hmm. Puffy Chair, him and his brother uh, did that together. The Lazarus Effect, that was 20, 2015. Cyrus, um, Oli- Cyrus. Olivia Wilde and... Um, uh, Donald Glover mm-hmm. was was in that one. Uh, Blue Jay and Your Sister's Sister. I mean, there's, there's a number Your of things. Sister's Sister is really good. I like yes. It. I mean, oh, a lot yeah. of stuff's really good. Puffy Chair. Puffy you can chair. see that they don't know how to work the cameras in Puffy Chair, and it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. Because it's still just the acting's there, and it's a great film. Yes. <laughs> like, oh. there's inappropriate zoom-ins, and then they're like, oh, shit, we didn't need to do that. So you can tell they zoom out again really quickly. Yeah. They leave the shot because they like the acting moment. Just stuff like that sticks with you, and you're like, oh, I can, I can do this. It's so sort of weird sense of naturalism that yeah. brings, it, brings us together yeah I, I, I mean um it's coming from a place of truth mark duplass isn't reaching out for somebody through bullshit <laughs> you know <laughs> this, this is the same way that we can connect to your mm-hmm. truth everybody connects to that truth like i said it's so transparent so translucent i mean everyone knows truth and I, I'm, I'm so excited <laughs> um, yeah i think wow. you guys you guys definitely i think you got something going you do and, I, and i'm so excited to see you it. do i'm ready to be done with it it's <laughs> been it's been a little bit draining at times i mean yeah. talking I to bet. people about you know i i made this joke on facebook mm-hmm. i think that this was before we were friends on mm-hmm. facebook but i made a joke about well i've collected another person who i didn't know you know I, a stranger told me their most intimate worst mm-hmm. story that they could mm-hmm. like right. th- these are basically this is basically what's happened yeah. is it I collect these little friends that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've never met you. Now tell me about your rape. Yeah. And then we've, we're friends on Facebook, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I, it's, an in, it's a very intimate, weird relationship I have with these people. I think you put it as like a lot of people just know you specifically as the person they opened up to about their sexual right. assaults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And there's like a handful of those people now. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, I I. Th- I get she's way better at like responding to that. There's a reason she's the interviewer. Mm-hmm. But I'll get mess. People have opened up to me just in messages online, and sometimes I respond, sometimes I don't. If mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not comfortable, uh, the, yeah, giving advice or whatever. But um, it is heartwarming and kind of endearing, you know, at least in the better moments when, yeah, people just. It's a weird, like she's saying, it's a weird bond to yeah. have with people mm-hmm. when they yeah. feel like they can open up to you about those things, and we are very. Uh, grateful for it it's it's been a really great experience um that's awesome oh yeah man uh, i'm I'm, wow. I'm super into it yeah. me too cool is there anything else that we'd like to touch on um i'm, I'm just gonna keep harping on that just coming from a, a place <laughs> of truth i mean because whenever you guys make your next film i mean you seem like very intelligent people I don't know so if be <laughs> next. 
I mean, I mean, I mean, you're relatively young people too. So I mean, we got a long life to live. I hope you know, but <laughs> really, yeah. you know, but whenever you make your your next film, it's just it's not gonna may not be around the same subject matter, but still coming from a place of truth within yourself, and people will be able to identify with that. I'll, I'll say this, like about the the next film, um, like I've actually I haven't put nearly as much time on it. There's another documentary mm-hmm. i've been working on it'll probably be like a 30 minute documentary but mm-hmm. it's just on like a local band mm-hmm. so i can't even really compare it um but yeah. so that may come after that'd be like 2018 or something yeah. but um i just you got to prioritize which film's more important to me yeah clearly the one frayed fabric is more the one important you're working to me. on yeah but um it's just i don't i don't know if i could do another documentary though that's interview based because she's kind of spoiled me just i i don't want to I couldn't work with another interviewer. Yeah. It just it wouldn't be the same. Yeah, and I'm trying to get a show on Viceland, so Viceland's <laughs> the shit. Hell yeah. Viceland is fucking fantastic. That's my that's my dream job. I want I've wanted to be I've wanted to be like a journalist, broadcaster kind of like person, like mm-hmm. talking head kind of thing since I was a kid. Nice. So now that I'm doing this kind of thing, I'm like, Viceland's a place to be. Like I wanna be yeah. I want to be like Hamilton Morris and fucking talking to people about their drug experiences or whatever the fuck. Vacation's really good. Have you seen Fuck? That's delicious. No. (laughs) I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed by, I'm annoyed by him. Action Bronson? Yeah. No, I'm just saying. Action Bronson? Action Bronson, yeah. Yeah, on Viceland. So I'm like, I've, I've seen that show a number of times. If he can get on Viceland, you can get on Viceland. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I've actually thought about like, uh, probably not, because I think it would work as a feature. Mm-hmm. But I've th- I've toyed with the idea of uh, a few months ago. I was thinking about how, e- if say I did less editing and mm-hmm. I let the interviews more fleshed out, mm-hmm. that each interview could be its own like Viceland type episode. Yeah. You could have thirty minute episodes and just there's a way like Duplass would pitch to people. It's like, hey, we already filmed it. Yeah. You don't need to give us a budget. You just need to release it. Yeah. Right. You and then and they view it as holy shit. We can save all this money. <laughs> like, like what to them would be like a fraction of if say they paid us for right. something, that mm-hmm. would be like to them it'd be like chump change. To us, it'd be like holy fuck, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. But that, that, that's how you get started. You, you take that huge risk, and then you kind of go like, hey, I took a thing, I did a thing. Here yeah. you go, and then you sort of build up on that. Yeah, yeah. you definitely have to prove yourself. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. you you definitely have to prove yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. I'm so happy that you guys came on the show. Yeah, so that was much. awesome. Uh, that was probably one of the best conversations that we've had. Really? In a long time. Yeah, really? Pretty good. Awesome. That's right yeah, that's up there. Um, any links, uh, I'll put them in the description as well, but mm-hmm. you guys have a GoFundMe page yep. uh, happening to get some... Uh, Give us money. Yeah, get some money <laughs> to get yeah. the film done. And uh, you guys, I'm going to link to the Creative Loafing article that you can yeah. read to... See if you want to hear a little bit more about it. Mm-hmm. We're a third of our way to the goal, by the way. Oh, nice. GoFundMe, yeah. But we we're trying to get to three thousand. Okay. Which to me sounds big, but yeah. to other filmmakers, it's yeah. nothing. So I don't want it to sound like intimidating. Like people would be like, "Why would we chip into that?" It's probably like a huge monetary monetary amount they need. Not mm-hmm. really. Like any five dollars helps a lot. And we, yes. I mean, we we're trying to get that money basically just because we've done all everything out of pocket. Out of pocket. Like mm-hmm. you know, we're we're using Devin's car to drive to Greensboro. Yeah. We're using his cameras. We're using tripods that, yep. you know, we, we've got, uh, uh, Dylan our, is our, his friend that's f- helping us film everything. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to find an editor mm-hmm. and we, we've been struggling to find somebody we can't pay. So yeah. at this yeah. point it's okay. like, we've got to make some money so we can pay like an audio editor. Yeah. Cause we can't, that's one thing we can't really do on our own. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Audio is a pain. It's I think difficult. I, I think I may have met 
someone who can be the audio editor, mm-hmm. but you never know until you see yeah, it. We're going to test them out, mm-hmm. give them a yeah. little 15-minute sample, see how fast it gets it done. And then yep. there's distribution right. costs, too, which uh, yeah, people right. a lot of that will go to distribution. Yep. Some of the money from the fundraiser we've already used, uh, it was supposed to be solely for post-production, but mm-hmm. we didn't expect to still be filming right now. Yeah. But, but I'm actually glad because we've had some of our best interviews recently so yeah so i'm glad we're still filming i'm also glad that we're almost done filming (laughs) Um, like uh but that interview that interview where we were laying in bed like me and my interview subject are laying in his bed together Mm -hmm. and we're chit-chatting and smoking Mm -hmm. it's chain smoking cigarettes like it that was totally worth it that was cool you know that was it was like the lowest budget thing you could imagine i'm literally on the bed with the camcorder um and there's this this dude she's interviewing and it's the whole thing has the look of a slumber party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just two fr- two friends opening up mm-hmm. late into the night. The windows open because we're chain smoking, yeah. so we're both like bundled up under blankets. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it was it, cool. These last couple interviews have definitely been the, better and better and the better. tone of just our experience as filmmakers has changed too. Just uh, in the last few months of making it, um, compared to the early months of making it, mm-hmm. the early months of making it. It was almost kind of like, all right, this is going to be depressing. We're going to power through it. Mm-hmm. We're going to get these interviews done. Mm-hmm. Lately, it's oh yeah. It's yesterday, been more fun. yesterday we walked into this girl's house. We I'd never met her before. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she's like, I'm really nervous. I said, we're going to have a good time. I promise. Nice. And yeah. at the end, she's like, you're right. I did have a good time. And I'm like, I know. It's not that bad. Yeah. There That's was fucking awesome. There was one time. Uh, there was this. I won't say his name right mm-hmm. now, but. Well, the interview was at my house. Um, his, he said his house was too messy. He had too many mm-hmm. loud animals there. Mm. So he, he asked, he, he asked <laughs> if we could film at my house. Yeah. I was like, okay. Um, I picked the one room that was clean enough to walk around in. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> we filmed there. And we had like almost like a margarita party. Oh, Just, nice. And so <laughs> that made the interview get very loose. But mm-hmm. it was very honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, just, I like moments like that. I think memory-wise, moments like that will stick with me. Um, I think that's true. Yeah. I, I think that's also our favorite uh, moments when we're doing the show, when we get to have conversations with people that we sort of didn't expect to have a really great conversation. Yeah, with. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, it, it's always it always feels worth it. Oh yeah. And like, I wish you guys like the best success that you can with it. Thank I really you. think you guys got something going there. Yes. Thanks. And I love to see it. Uh, I love to see it come to fruition. It's one, great. One thing I want people to know, like mm-hmm. going in when they see the film, uh, I'm saying going in like it's going to be in a theater and they're walking in. It'll, <laughs> yeah. it'll be on demand, more yeah. than likely. There'll be yeah. a screening at UNCC, though. We know that. Nice. But, okay. but I haven't even started editing, so it's not like it's yeah. around the corner. It's right. a ways away. Um, but it's just, it's a film for, it's a clearly a message type film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so don't go in expecting like, oh, perfect camera work and all this. And it's just, it's a film, it's it's very much like a kind of like early Harmony Korean type thing except it's a documentary you mm-hmm. get what i'm saying where yes. it's yeah it's just more about the content than the flash yeah right um the flair yeah mm-hmm. okay but i i, I like it. stuff like that because that's the stuff that may not always be what i'd pay big money to see in a theater but mm-hmm. it's something i'd settled in so settle in to watch on my couch at home that's from our conversation this sounds like that's more of your style you don't like um all of the faff you want something more succinct to the point and pretty blunt is what it seems like yeah exactly yeah, yeah. all right cool. and I, I think people in need that um, yes i watched a film i'm not going to say what it is because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad they made a film on sexual assault but mm-hmm. there was one film i saw where it's like they i felt like they had to work up the nerve to even say the word rape like there was a oh. such mm-hmm. a long build up to mm-hmm. it and i'm just thinking man just cut cut the shit cut just, all that shit yeah just get into it mm-hmm. um 
yeah, so it's it's that kind of film, but it's not. I don't think it's brutal. I don't think it's okay. There may be some tearjerker moments, but I think they'll feel good by the end. It's, yeah, there mm. are brutal moments for sure. There are absolutely brutal fucking moments that mm. are painful, mm-hmm. but the overall of the film is not going to be brutal at all or painful. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, thank you. Seriously, thank you guys so much for coming. It's, Thanks for having it's us. A great yeah. show. Yeah, uh, I'll link to their GoFundMe page in the description to the article in Creative Loafing, and uh, I I would definitely love to have you guys back sometime. I'm down. This yeah. is so much fun. <laughs> really, Seriously. I'm so glad that you guys had a lot of fun. No, this yeah. is my dream job to like just sit on my ass and drink my soda and like <laughs> laugh. Like yeah. I'm so into it. It, it is yeah. a pretty nice. It's yeah. a pretty nice job. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're gonna play the music, cut back, and then come back on what's coming out for the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back, guys. And we're back. What's up, Chris? That was quick. Yeah, right, it was uh, really quick. I didn't expect it either. I just kind of pushed the buttons. All right. So I'm with bad. it. I'm with it. Uh, this week uh, in television and movie premieres, uh, Tuesday the 29th of November through Monday the 5th of December. Uh, the first show we have coming up is a show called Incorporated. Uh, it's produced by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and The Good Wife's Ted Humphrey. Hmm, that looks huh. like a decent enough show. Uh, that's going to be on Sci-Fi at 10 p.m. on Wednesday oh, the 30th. I know, I know that trailer. I've yeah? seen that trailer. Yeah. Any good? Uh, it looks interesting. It's, yeah. on the, it's on the side of interesting. Okay. Yeah, but not necessarily on the side of like I'm gonna drop everything and watch that. Yeah. Have you guys, have you guys heard I about that? I struggle with sci-fi's budget a mm. lot of times. Mm. Like their budget's a little bit smaller, so yeah. I struggle with that a little. Do the bit. special effects take you out of it? A little it? Yeah. bit. Yeah. They had a show called Alphas. Fucking off. Oh you heard about this? God. Yes. 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 <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. I got really loud. Alpha. Yeah. Alphas was such a good so show. It was. It really good. was. Like it was. the the. Uh, Autistic actor, yes, oh, I love him oh so much. God. He was really good. Uh, uh, what was the fuck was his name? Vincent? No, uh, there's no. I don't even uh, remember. We were so disappointed yeah. that got canceled really quietly. Got season two, first like yeah, really season quietly. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they didn't announce it or anything. It was just like, where's Alpha's? Oh, it's gone. Let's go. Yeah. Yep. But that's uh, that's incorporated. It'll be here on Wednesday, the 30th of November. Uh, check it out if you guys like Matt Damon or Ben Affleck or just anything related to sci-fi. Uh, there's another show coming out on the same day called Vikings. You guys like, seen that at all? I've seen things of it, and yeah. I am uh, disinterested. I've been told yeah. I need to watch it. But... Same, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but but I, that shouldn't discourage you guys. Yeah, if you want to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to watch Vikings, uh, then that's going to be on the same day, Wednesday, the 30th of November. It's listed as a drama, and uh, it's on the History Channel at 9 p.m. Uh, next show we got come out is Top Chef. Top Chef. Top Have you chef. seen this? Yeah. Top Chef. I've seen Top Chef. Top Chef, yeah. That's, but that was a lot of Top Chef. Is that the Gordon Ramsay show? No, Gordon Ramsay is Kitchen Nightmares, mm. uh, Hell's Kitchen, mm. Hotel Hell. Oh my okay. God. Yeah. How many he, shows does he need? All of them. He has a lot. He has a lot. <laughs> yeah. And he does the same thing in all of them. <laughs> nice. Yeah. He just yells at people. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. It's great. It Anthony is. Bourdain has a show. That's the guy. I yeah. love Anthony Bourdain. He, yeah. he had The Kills, one of my favorite bands the ever. Kills. On an episode. That's the only episode oh. I want to watch because I don't care about cooking shows. Yeah. I just want to know why is that band in the kitchen? Yeah, but because yeah. Anthony Bourdain. I think Anthony Bourdain is the one chef that I, I recognize. He's really good and mm-hmm. he's kind of like a good host. Yeah, I can't look at his face without thinking he's a pretentious fuck. Oh no, yeah. I would hang out with that guy. He would be best friends with <laughs> but, me. But he's great. Like I've yeah. seen him talk and he's great. And Bourdain's I really like cool because he can appreciate dive places. Yeah, which is if I had a cook or not a cook show, but like a travel food show, mm-hmm. it'd just be like, hey, that place looks. Like garbage. Mm. I'm going there. there. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the opposite of pretense. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like just because you can enjoy like the snobby bullshit mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't like white chicks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like that's 
as we'll cool with him. For um, the record, I did not like white chicks. <laughs> I just I liked it more than the lobster. I liked it more than my For hatred the of the lobster outweighs my hatred of white chicks. <laughs> Uh, that's but that's the uh, top chef is gonna be on Thursday, December the uh, December the first. It's a reality competition show on Bravo at 10 p.m. Shut that down real quick. No, 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 no. I mean, the record. I got a, It's a toss up between White Chicks was bad, but uh-huh. I'll take a bad film that tries. I don't know. The Lobster tried, but I just whatever. I'm done talking about Lobster. I just didn't like it. Yeah, it didn't made me mad. Yeah, I feel you. So I totally feel you. Uh, the uh, the next show is gonna be Friday, December the second. It's called uh, Mr. Neighbor's House. It's a spoof on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. It stars uh, Brian Husky and comes from Husky Jason. I don't know this guy's last name. Jason Mantazowskis? Mantazowskis? Never heard of that guy before. I hope Uh, Mr. Rogers is a serial killer in it. I'd watch that. That would be dope. (laughs) That would be cool. They got uh, Nick Kroll is in it and uh, Steve Agee is in it. So both of those guys are pretty good at comedy. I like that. Nick Kroll's pretty good. I do love Nick Kroll. He he responded to one of my tweets one time. No big deal. Really? (laughs) Wow. You say we're we're getting pretty close. Yeah. Is the Kroll show still coming on? Did they cancel that the crawl show? I didn't know he had a show. Yeah, he had a show for like at least one season. I don't know if they canceled uh, it or not. I think it got canceled. He's Nick Kroll, by the way, is in a movie coming out called Loving. Mm. Oh yeah, it's I about uh, it. an interracial couple um, back when it really wasn't like, yes. accepted Approved. to be one, and he plays a uh, I think a lawyer in it. Nick hmm. Kroll. It's like a very unexpected serious role for Roll Nick Kroll. Yeah, I'll check that out. Shout out to Nick Kroll. Definitely. Uh, what was else? Who's in the, the league? That's what. I was yeah. Saying. yeah. yeah. That's where I know him from, the, the league. He was probably my favorite character. Ruxin. Yeah. Ruxin. I always liked when he was, like, texting bullshit on the, on the shitter. He was yeah. just, um, I like these scenes. That's, uh, that's Friday, December the 2nd. It's going to be on Adult Swim at midnight, so uh, check that out. Uh, next show is going to be Saturday, December the 3rd. Uh, Pete Holmes, Faces and Sounds. That's on HBO. Uh, Pete, that sound familiar? Pete uh, Holmes a comedian? He's a yeah, comedian. He's a comedian. Yeah. yeah, he has his own podcast. He had a late night show after Conan for like oh, seven Pete days. Holmes. Yeah, yeah, I know Pete Holmes. Yeah. I love can Pete I, Holmes. Can I give? Do we have time for me to Hell give yeah, a shout out, shout out to a specific podcast episode? Yes. Yeah. Pete Holmes in is sad, but like Harris Whittles, mm-hmm. one of my oh, favorite. That's he's one of my favorite uh, entertainers, writers ever. Yeah. And uh, he died tragically of an overdose. Yeah. One of the best podcast episodes of anything out there is the pete holmes episode he did and like as much as i love mark maron yeah uh mark maron interviewed him too yeah. the pete holmes interview is better though. it was so much better it just yeah. gets brutally fucking honest and there's this tale of like going to buy heroin and it's mm-hmm. just it's such a like a devastating heartbreaking tale about how you just only like uh, I don't know. It's just going to buy heroin at such a weird hour in such a bad area, and you know they might rob me. And then he makes it fucking funny. He does. But then it's heartbreaking. It's so sad. Considering he's, he's dead now. The foreshadowing. Not necessarily due to that specific drug, but just mm-hmm. other drugs. And then it's uh, but it's just such a great conversation. Mm-hmm. And it, there's conversations like that that made me want to do the type film you know I'm doing with Camille. Just those. Really raw, honest conversation. So yeah, yeah. That, it's called you, uh, you made it weird. Mm-hmm. You, made, you it weird. made it weird, people. Pete Holmes. Yeah. yeah. So look Is up that the uh, podcast episode. Mm-hmm. You made it Harris Whittles. Name of it. Harris Whittles was one of the big comedic voices behind Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, he. That's anyway. Check out that episode. Yeah. Of the if, if you love Parks and Rec, if you love Aziz Ansar, like they were like best friends according to Aziz. So I mean, he had a lot to do with his stand-up comedy and mm-hmm. the show that he has called Master of None. Yep. Um, I mean, he's just he was a really brilliant uh, comedic writer that was gone far too soon. Okay. Yeah, that was a Harris Whittles. 
Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's Pete Holmes. Um, Pete Holmes faces and sounds. Uh, that's gonna be on Saturday, December the thirtieth, HBO at ten p.m. Is it a talk show? Or is it a? Uh, it's gonna be a stand-up comedy. Okay, it's oh, gonna cool. be stand-up special. Yeah. Uh, next thing is gonna be Sunday, December the fourth. Guys, grocery games. Impossible. I'm done with Guy Fieri. You, you don't like the alliteration? The guys, grocery games. No, I like G-G-G. the alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> like that show's gonna sell. Also like DDD. Yeah. Danners, drivers, and dive We fucked this up already. Yeah. Danners, drive-ins, and dive. Diners, drives it. Diners, drives, and dive. Diners, dives, and drive-ins. Drive-ins. Diners, I think it's diners, drive-ins, and dives. I don't know. Guy Fieri, get better names, man. Fuck. Better hair and get a better name. Yes. I do love, like, I saw, I'm just going to show this one meme. Yeah. It was like, one text is, it says Guy Fieri text and it says he's loud as a barbie uh, bullet and barbecue sauce and said one last trip to flavor town <laughs> just like what the fuck is wrong with people fucking Guy Fieri <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that's Guy's Grocery Games Impossible it's a reality show on the Food Network at 8pm uh, gonna be Sunday December the 4th um, can, I, can I say one thing Guy hmm? is it Fieri Fieri Fieri, Fieri? Have you ever seen him and the singer of Sma- Smash Mouth we said we did that. in we the did same that. place? We did that already. We did that. I was trying to find it. Yes. I've never seen him in the same place at the same time. We did that on the episode. We, we sung that. the Smash Mouth song and everything. <laughs> <laughs> we seriously did. No, there's a picture of them together. And the, and the guy from the, the, the fucking clown posse. Insane clown posse. Insane clown posse. I haven't seen all three yeah. of them in the same room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's she, at least one of them. She yes. was thinking of it. And <laughs> Yep, it we're was already in, happening. We're in sync. It's no, have sync. you seen the picture of them together? No. There it is. There it is. Somebody <laughs> once told me the world was gonna oh, roll me. Weird. I yeah. ain't the choppiest dude on the shit. <laughs> <laughs> she was looking kind of dumb with a finger and a thumb and a shape of her head on her forehead. <laughs> Oh, God. Read the caption. They're the same person. Uh, my brother from another mother, Steve from Smath. If they kiss, the beard will be completed. <laughs> yes. Complete the beard. I fucking love Smash Mouth. <laughs> so great. That's good stuff. That's good. Um, but that's um, that's Guy's Grocery Games. I think it has... It's, I don't think... Uh, what's the lead for you? Uh, Fred Durst, is that his name? Uh... From Smash Mouth? Lee yeah, no, 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 no. Fred Durst is from Limp Biscuit. Limp oh, Biscuit, fuck. yeah, that's oh, true. I, yeah. I sadly know that because yeah. he's He went to Ashbrook, Gaston, yeah. He went to Ashbrook. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, my teacher dated him. Yeah. He, wore, he wore a leather jacket no matter which season it was. Wow. Got he his, sounds like the kind of guy that would do that. He got his ass kicked for it, though. He wasn't a tough guy. Mm. But yeah, I bet he wasn't a tough guy. I mean, if you're Summertime, making... still wearing leather, bro. That's yeah. how I imagine him talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so the, yeah, that's uh, guys. Grocery games. Enough about that. Uh, anything else for television? No, not really. That's it for television. So cool. let's go on to movies. Fuck yeah! I like uh, that you have a big fucking axe. Like, yeah, black. Like, yeah. The, fuck that. Yeah, that's all done. <laughs> um, the first movie we got coming up is a movie called Things to Come. It already has a meta score of eighty-seven out of one hundred. A uh, philosophy teacher uh, teaches a soldier through the death of her mother getting fired from her job and dealing with a husband who is cheating on her. Sheesh. That's a bummer. Yeah, it's rated PG-13 as well. You know, with all those heavy topics. Dealing with the death of her mother, getting fired from her job, and dealing with a husband who is cheating on her. Uh, Isabel Humpert, uh, Andrea Marcon, and Ramon Kalinka? I don't know. Yeah. Not familiar with those names, but it's getting a pretty good uh, meta score, 87 out of 100. Maybe worth checking. Uh, But yeah. 
That's uh, Things to Come. That's coming out this weekend. Uh, the next movie is rated R. It's uh, titled The Eyes of My Mother. has a 73 out of a 100 Metascore. Uh, the rundown is a young, lonely woman is consumed by her deepest and darkest desires after tra tragedy strikes her quiet country life. Huh. Uh, it's uh, directed by Nicholas Pesci. Pesci? P-E-S-C-E. Pesci? Pesci. Probably Italian. Like yeah. Joe Pesci? Nicholas Pesci. I like yeah. that. And uh, stars I four people. related to Joe Pesci. You know what? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it stars four people I've never heard of before. Um, but um, it looks like the rundown on that could be pretty good as Shut well. It's <laughs> like, you know what? Just, no. <laughs> uh, next movie is called uh, Incarnate. It's uh, listed as a PG-13 movie, 91-minute runtime, a horror thriller. Uh, a scientist with the ability to enter the subconscious minds of the possessed must save a young boy from the grips of a demon with the powers never seen before scientist? while facing the horrors of his past. Scientists that can go into people's minds because they're possessed by a demon? Is this like a sci-fi uh, Freddy Krueger? I know? guess. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I don't know. Jeez, oh, Rick. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, interesting though. But it's What's rated. Premise? It's rated PG thirteen. Yeah, that sounds like it should be a strong horror though. Just like yeah. I don't know. Yes, exactly. PG thirteen. Like why? All right, for a horror movie. Yeah. That's the problem with horror movies. Yeah. They're fucking shit sometimes. And they have no Metacritic uh, rating, Rotten Tomatoes rating either. So I mean, I, I don't know what this is, but that shouldn't discourage you. If you want to see it, go see it. Uh, the next movie. <laughs> I like that. That's saying when you say that, you're like, this is probably gonna be shit. But you know that's what? what that that shouldn't stop you from seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what you want. And uh, last but not least, uh, Jackie is coming out. Rated R. I see that. Yeah. Yes. Jackie, uh, Jackie I have no idea what this is. It's a rated R 99-minute runtime. It's a biography drama. Metascore 93 out of 100. Uh, following the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, no. First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy uh, fights through the grief and trauma to regain her faith, console her children, and define her husband's historic legacy. Wow. This is a story of Natalie Portman. This should be pretty good. Nice. I, I want to see it for the shallow reason if I get to see Natalie Portman mm. dressed with her hair done as Jackie O for two hours. Yeah. It's a very shallow reason, but that sounds pleasing to me. No, we're pretty dope. <laughs> just, Black Swan's also one of my favorite movies ever. So. I love yes. Black Swan. Yes. It's pretty good. Yeah. Only, Natalie Portman's pretty good. I only know two Natalie Portman movies that I can think of. She Black Swan and then the No Strings Attached. She did The Professional. She was a little v kid. V Vendetta. Yeah. Oh, yeah, v, v Vendetta. There we go. The Professional. Leon yeah. The Professional. Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. And then uh, Garden State. Garden State. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With my boy uh, Zach Braff. Yeah. Yeah. Zach Braff. Zach Braff. Oh, yeah. oh Hesher. Hesher? If, if you watch like one movie in the next few days, mm -hmm. Hesher. Hesher. She's in it. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Nice. And he Joseph. looks like he yeah. looks like you've never seen him in a movie before. He just he looks like he's straight out of Metallica or something. He's just one of the best movies I've ever seen. I'm nice. not hyping it up too much. Is it on Prime or Netflix or what? I mean, I own it, so I don't know. Oh. Like I don't ever, but we'll I'm I'm pretty sure you can find it on. Uh, it used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but yeah. it may be on Prime. It's just his best role, and it was a indie film that Natalie Portman funded out of her own pocket oh, sure. um because it it's one of those films you can't sum up in like two sentences yeah. so most distributors are like no we're not interested in that mm -hmm. that just sounds bizarre okay um it's kind of like how like i still haven't seen swiss army man yet it's pretty good i haven't but that sounds like the type similar type film where how would you sum that up in a okay. paragraph you can't yeah, you really hesher's can. that type of weird film mm -hmm. but it never gets too weird it's funny as fuck at times mm -hmm. uh What's the dude's name from The Office? Rain Wilson's in it. As a oh, yeah. Thoroughly the Dwight He's more of the straight guy, though. He's like a depressed dad. But I'll have to borrow yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you borrow Yeah, it's, it's a great film. All right. Portman's great in it. Um, yeah. Have you heard of Nocturnal Animals? I want to see that. Uh-uh. Jill and Hall. 
Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, oh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, oh, Amy Jonathan Adams. told us about that last time. Did he? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I just didn't pay attention because yeah, we were on the way out. Yeah, because Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't pay attention because it's Jonathan. Jonathan's <laughs> a good friend. He's been on the show a couple times. I yeah. want to see it and obviously Star Wars Rogue One. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's a Scorsese movie coming out called, uh, was it Silence? Silence, yep. yeah. With uh, Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. which I don't like Andrew Garfield's face mm-hmm. on movie posters, Yeah, but I might go watch it. Scorsese? Yeah, just because it's Scorsese. Oh, yeah. A quick rundown. So on the movies that we should be watching, according to our guests here, we have Demolition, Moonlight, <laughs> yes. The Place Beyond the Pines, yes, awesome. Neon Demon, and Hesher. I have a tattoo of The Place Beyond the Pines. It's so much I like it. There we go. Bye. And I, pro- and, I, and I promise you, if you ever listen back to these episodes and listen to episode 45 and 46, I will have watched these movies. <laughs> and I will have something to say about it. So just incentive to keep listening. If, if you want to borrow Pines from me, I have like two copies of it. It's neurotic. But in case one copy goes to shit, I have the other. Yep. It's, man, that movie is fucking brilliant. I yes. like that you describe it as neurotic. Yeah. <laughs> I, it probably is. But yeah. I just, fuck. If you like Ryan Gosling and his like darker do. indie films. Yeah. It's just a, it's a fucking epic movie though, but it doesn't leave you feeling gutted or depressed by mm. the end. Nice. It's just one of those rare epic movies. I feel like they're not. They, they make epic movies still. Obviously, Star Wars is coming out very soon. Mm-hmm. Obviously, epic movies are still being made, but this is a film that feels epic, but doesn't have that kind of budget. Yeah. Right. It's uh, made by the director uh, Derek Sianfrance. He made Blue Valentine. Love Blue Valentine. He also edits a lot of those thirty. For 30, 30, 30 by 30 ESPN, ESPN mm-hmm. specials, yeah. yeah. Um, he he edited the one on LeBron James. But LeBron James. That's how obsessed I am with Derek Sanford. I'm not a sports guy, but I know the sports mm-hmm. stuff he did. It's Fuck just yeah. brilliant director. Uh, yeah. I wonder, that's great. I wonder because Camille's laughing. I wonder how many times she's heard a similar turn of thought. Probably. Oh, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm very used to Devin ranting about something. If I get excited, <laughs> Getting, it turns yeah. into a rant. Yeah. We, I feel you. We you want to see Ryan Gosling. With a teardrop tattoo, bleach blonde hair, riding a fucking motorcycle. Some of those stunts he did on his own. Uh-oh. Watch the place beyond the pines. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Gonna have to definitely watch that. Uh, Camille, great. do you have anything for us before we go on television shows? What should we be watching? We already did television shows. No, no, no. What, what should, like, in her uh, opinion, what should we be watching before we go? The the Good Place. The Good Place. For sure. Insecure and Atlanta are mm-hmm. also really good. Atlanta's yeah. already been renewed. Atlanta's yeah. great. You know, it got yeah. renewed after two episodes, so that's really, really good. Okay. Um, it's very weird humor. Um, what else? Uh, you know, Divorce. Divorce. It's, it's you know, kind no, of okay. No. Just in general. Hold people on. getting divorced. You know what? You know what? Hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll hear it out. I'll hear you out. It's kind of okay. You I'll, know? I'll hear you out because I, I came Marriages on this podcast. Marriages can end, y'all. It's all right. <laughs> I came on this podcast, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and I was talking <laughs> shit was about this television show specifically. <laughs> and another thing I have a problem with is, what, what is what's, what's, the, what's the name of the lead actress on is that Divorce show? the Lobster for you? Sarah, kind of, kind Sarah of. Jessica Parker. No, fuck that. Why? Why Sarah Jessica Parker? Why do I have to call this fifty-year-old woman by all of her names? Why can I? Why? Can, I mean, do y'all know who Tiffany Amber Thiessen is? There's a show called yes. Saved by the Bell. Yes. Killer yes. Kapowski. Yes. I don't have to call her Tiffany Amber Thiessen anymore. Call her Tiffany Thiessen. She's a grown adult. Like I mean, it's like it's like she's I know who that is. She's in white color, by the way. Have you seen white color? I have oh, seen white color. That, as the yeah. FBI yeah, agent's wife. Yeah, yeah. She's great. Just, just saying. Matt it's Boomer because of SAG. That's your answer. Screen, Screen Actors Guild? Yes. What do you, oh, okay, okay, okay. Once you're registered, you're there. You can, there can only be one person registered with your name. Yeah. Her name is Sarah Parker. Parker. Exactly. Come on. Exactly. There's already somebody with that name. Oh, okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 
I know who Sarah Parker is. Does that does that make you feel any better? About no, it doesn't. Because there's only there's only one Sarah Parker that I that's even in my registry, like at all total. If you say Sarah Parker, I don't think it's Sarah Parker the butcher from down the street. I think it's Sarah Parker from Sex in the City. You know. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing a Sex in the City character now. Chopping up meat, just that's your job. <laughs> I've kind of melted it into one thing in my head. Just like yeah. slicing a pig. Yeah, yeah. it'd be a good deli show. But but was divorce pretty? Good? I only seen two episodes and then I just shit it on it's, it. I so. like I like I think it's funny. Okay, I do. I think it's it's weirdly funny and uh, Westworld, obviously. Yes. yes. She mentioned Atlanta. Like mm. I noticed, I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of the movies I recommended mm. actually weren't from this year. Mm. That's because how of how good TV has been this year and the pi- just the oh pilot alone of Atlanta, I liked. More than a lot of movies I've seen this year. The, I, I watched the first because I, I ran out of time, but I, I watched the first four minutes of the the first episode of Atlanta or the third one. Yeah. And there's one scene where he's like in a Burger King or a fast food place and he's trying to get a kid's meal, mm-hmm. and people are judging him for it. Yeah. Yeah. I laugh more in those four minutes than I do in some entire comedies. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fucking solid. Yeah. It's I believe solid. I believe 2016 is the best year in television that I've ever been allowed for. I, I believe so. The second best year, if y'all remember 2011, where The Office was still popping off real hardcore, yeah. uh, 30 Rock was still one of the biggest comedies on television, Parks and Recreation was going into a second season and it got renewed with um, Amy um, Poehler. Yeah. Um, Mad Men was at the height of their, their thing. I think it was season three or season four where they still had Stolen Cooper, Jipper Price. Like, it was still like one of the better shows on television. Like, But 2016, it's we're getting good. from everywhere. Netflix has their own Netflix originals. All of those originals are really good. Amazon Prime and some of their own originals. Oh, yes. Yeah. Transparent. 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 You watch Transparent, bro? Yeah. Fleabag. Oh, yeah. Fleabag's yes. a good one. It's only six episodes. I didn't like the pilot. Episodes two through six, Fleabag, I loved. Oh, yes, we were man. talking about Catastrophe. I'm not sure if you're that. familiar. No. It's an Amazon Prime TV show. It got it just got renewed for two more seasons. Yes. Huh. So they renewed it not just for one season, great. but two more seasons wow. because it's so good. The thing that's great about Catastrophe, it breaks. It, I shouldn't say it breaks the mold. Other sitcoms have mm-hmm. done this, but it's it's it is a sitcom if you want to define it. But yet all the jokes arise out of the situations mm. not like hey we need a punchline right yeah. now right, yeah. and so it's like a build up to a truly hilarious moment and it's basically a guy an American on a business trip gets a British chick pregnant mm. and they decide that they're gonna raise this baby together okay so he moves to I mean it's it's fantastic it's very very good catastrophe catastrophe you mentioned like how this year is one of the best in television I'd agree yes. because like there's Breaking Bad is my favorite show of all time mm-hmm. but there was a time when that was like the only show Maybe one other one. show, Breaking mm-hmm. Bad and Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Those are my two favorites. Yeah, that was a 2011 show. But they, yeah. they were like the two shows. Oh, I couldn't stop talking about them. This mm-hmm. year, there's like, I'm losing count of how many shows I yes. can't stop talking I'm overwhelmed about. by my DVR. It's so yeah. much. Yeah, you can't watch it all. It's so much. But. I, I agree. Oh, yeah. and Go- Goliath again. I'd recommend oh, yeah, Goliath. Goliath. It's just eight episodes. You can. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel quickly. like I really got to get in the television game. You do? Yeah, because I've, <laughs> I've been in the movie game for a long time. Like, I get into Shameless, too, man. I can't hype that show up enough. Yeah, that's really good. Fuck yeah. That's a really good show. I have Hamilton's list. Pharmacopia. Hamilton's Pharmacopia? Yes, that's a Viceland show. Okay. It's about uh, this guy. I've seen this. Yeah, this guy just talks, just does research about a drug. Yep. So he did an episode about salvia. He did an episode about magic mushrooms. He did an episode about PCP. It's really, really interesting. Oh, that's the guy. He's um from India. Is that the guy one no, I'm thinking about? that's Weedikit. Weedikit, okay. There's Delicious. another Viceland show I want to uh, mm-hmm. give a shout out to. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. It's called uh, State of Undress. I'd never thought I would like this show because mm-hmm. it's about, it It seems on the surface like, mm-hmm. oh, it's about the fashion industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not a guy who gives a fuck about fashion. Yeah. Right. But uh, Haley Gates is the interviewer in the show. And it's kind of like, it's on the surface level. It's mm-hmm. about fashion. But then mm-hmm. they'll get into some deep issues. Yeah. Like she goes, uh, 
over to Pakistan in one episode. First 30 minutes, like, all right, this is about fashion. And yeah, there is a fashion industry in Pakistan. It's surprising. And then there's like bondage culture over mm-hmm. there, which I didn't, you, you wouldn't think about that when you mm-hmm. think of Pakistan. Yeah. But then halfway through the episode, it's like she's talking to a woman who like this man dripped acid all over her face, Sheesh. fucked up her face for life. And it just takes this, this turn. And yeah. you're like, holy shit, I realize what Haley Gates is doing now. Mm-hmm. She, that's how she gets distributors involved and people on board. It's like, yeah, I'm doing this show about fashion. Okay, but it's subversive. It's not really all about fashion. She tackles hmm. some heavy issues, and that's just like the surface level of fashion. And then she gets into some deep shit. Uh, okay. It's, so I give I like that show, and then Gaycation. Gaycation. Really yeah, I, I've that. seen Gaycation. I love Ellen Page. Everything on Viceland is good, I would yeah. say. Everything. Okay. They have their own network now, I think. Yeah, yeah. They, yep. they do. They do? Yeah, mm-hmm. Viceland is the network. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. 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 I've only known them as the website. That's, yeah. That was one of the things that kind of made me thought we could do what we're doing. Obviously, yeah. they have a, a real budget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mine is like whatever gas I can spend on that day. Yeah. Right. But, <laughs> they, but it's still, it's, it's in a similar vein of, the interviewer is part of the story. Yeah. Like right. Camille is part of the story. And then, but there's like these fleshed out conversations. And yeah, so I mean, it's it's in a similar vein as to what we're doing. I can see that. Yeah. Well, that is it for today's episode. Thank you, Camille and Devin, so much for coming. Hell's really yeah. one of the best conversations that we've had. Thank you for having us. This was really fun. Thank you. I would yeah. do it again anytime. Anytime. Fuck yeah. Well, we're going to call you on that. a few more yeah. minutes to hate on the lobster. Just a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Kidding. We're all out of time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, you guys listening, thank you so much for watching. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at underscore FFS Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Stitcher under the name for Film's Sake. And uh, you can find us on Facebook also under the mm-hmm. names for film's sake. Yeah. Uh, interact with us, comment, review us, do all of those nice things that make us, uh, you know, oh. better at doing the show. Can I mention <laughs> one thing for yeah. our film? For if uh, if you're on Facebook, mm-hmm. the production page for our film is uh, we like we need as many eyes on it as possible mm-hmm. for when we have more to promote. Like when I have a trailer to put out there, mm-hmm. it's uh, Escape Goat written as two words, Escape Goat mm-hmm. Films. Okay. So if you type that in. There's like a fan page thing. Just click, I will click also, on Escape Goat Films. I will also include that in the description of the episode. Nice. Cool. Uh, that's it for today. Thank yeah. you guys so much for coming. Thank you guys for listening. And we will see you next week.